Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Friday, November 4th. Welcome to the Mike Rutherford Show. Coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios, broadcasting live on 1450 AM, 961 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. We hope we're streaming all over the land today. I, I, no reaction yet. We should be. We'll find out. Uh, text at 502-414-1450 to let us know if you can hear us, uh, as always. And it's Friday. Questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, welcome, as always, on that Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. And while you're at it, download the Refreshing Rewards app. Especially now, if you were holding out, if the, the $10,000 a week and the, the car at the end of the year wasn't enough for you to download the Refreshing Rewards app, perhaps a free breakfast sandwich and free drink will, because uh, that's what Thornton's is giving you. If you download the Refreshing Rewards uh, member app today, any new member, you're going to be able to get a free breakfast sandwich, sausage egg cheek bis- cheese biscuit, bacon egg cheese croissant, steak and egg burrito, whatever you want, and any dispensed 20-ounce fountain drink for free. That's the that's what Thornton's is giving Refreshing Rewards members right now. Streaming's working. Uh, we have confirmation via a million people on the text line. Thank you. It feels good. We're back. We're feeling great. We have intern Patrick here with Chick-fil-A. Uh, Trevor, I'm hoping has Arby's because we have a game tomorrow. He does. He does. I, I knew you You both were eating as the intro was playing, which made me feel great. By the way, um, I, I got throwing. Uh, all right, all right, all right. I got throwing three more there. We, we had to get. Well, we, I, we I, seven I, I, today? Want, I want one. No, eight. I want one for every Eagles win. Oh, man. We're going to get there. I'm going to let you talk about the Eagles in a second. So when we go 16 0, you're going to open up a show with 16 all right, all right. right. <laughs> I will. If the Eagles get to 16 0, which, by the way, they'd have to be 17 0 this year now because of the extra. Oh, schedule. yeah, yeah. We're all, the whole world's against us. If they get to 17 0, I will give you 17 all rights to start the show the next Monday. Well, I want, if we win next week, I want, I want nine. Well, I'm not going to base the whole intro. No, on the you got to keep it going. No, just one day a week. I mean, I'll give you four because it would be four straight wins for Louisville. Hopefully, if they take care of business <laughs> against James Madison uh, tomorrow, we can meet halfway there. I like all the people also chiming in with where they're listening from because you know yesterday there was a whole like, why don't people have normal radios? And a lot of people that listen to the show listen from out of town. So we got a lot of people who are like, I'm listening loud and clear from Charlotte, listening loud and clear from Aruba. We appreciate everybody listening wherever you're listening, coast to coast, baby, coast to coast, all over the damn land. Uh, is what would you say yesterday? It was like. It was like across this great, great, great country. Anywhere something. from the Bahamas to, 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 to Idaho to all across this great country. Uh, you can listen to the Mike Rutherford show wherever you, you can find streaming radio Technically, stations. Technically, it's not in the correct statement. 
Well, the Bahamas is not a part of the United but States. But it's across the country. Like, if you leave the Bahamas. Oh, my God. That is, that, that's bad even for me. As somebody who hates being wrong in arguments, I mean, I, mean, I don't think I could even stretch that one that way. Well, if I can stretch a shirt, I can stretch this. I don't know how that makes sense, but okay. Uh, we're on until 6 o'clock today. We've got uh, plenty to get to. Obviously, we're going to be reacting to last night's exhibition game against Chaminade. If you want to talk a little bit more about the IARP, maybe you missed yesterday's show, um, we can have some follow-up thoughts on that. And then, of course, this weekend, huge game tomorrow, 7.30. They're all huge at this point. Cards hosting James Madison. That spread keeps going down towards the Dukes. Makes me a little bit nervous. It's all the way down to 7. It started the week at 9.5. Louisville now is a touchdown favorite to have their first four-game winning streak of the Scott Satterfield era. We'll talk about JMU. We're going to try to get Keith Wynn on the show. I think he's got a couple of uh, of prior engagements that maybe is going to keep him from being on the show. Uh, we'll find out if he does come on. That'll be at 4.30. Even if he doesn't, we're going to talk about all this good stuff. And then at 5.30, we'll do our standard picks segments. Uh, big week. Another big swing. How am I doing? How, how did we do last week? I forgot to ask you. It's all the... Well, we can go and say. We'll, we'll say it again at 5.30. But, okay. So two weeks ago... You went into the weekend leading by two. We had three differing picks. I won all three to take control of the lead. Last week, I'm up by one. We had two differing picks. You won both the two differing picks, so you're back in front now yeah, by one going into this weekend. I had uh, the high school game. What was the other game I had different Oklahoma from? State, Kansas State. Oh, that's right, yeah. Which I lost by a wide margin. My, 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 my main man in Manhattan helping the, me out. The Ryan family led me astray there. I, I, I sided with the Ryans. You sided with your own family. And I went against the Ryans, but I went with the Renshaws. You went with the Renshaws and your uncle. His and, wife is the Kansas State alum. Well, bit me in the ass. <laughs> that sounds like a Renshaw thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, I don't have the total. I, I have to total up exactly how we did the rest of the week. I know we both missed the UFL game again because we both picked Wake Forest. Gladly, by the way. Are, are, we, are we both going? Well, you just have to wait and listen, I guess, whether we both go with James Madison again this week. We'll figure it out. I mean, do do we go with, with being honest or do we go with the, the superstition? So you think Louisville's going to beat James Madison is what you're already revealing. There. I'm not confirming or denying that. Well, you said do you we go with the honest? <laughs> do we go with the honest or do we go with superstition? Well, do you never, makes it pretty straightforward. You never know if I'm honest or being superstitious. Yeah, it's. I don't even know half the time when I talk. I I'm believe not, that actually. I'm not superstitious. <laughs> Just a little stitious. Just a little stitious. <laughs> oh, how the turntables have turned. You do. I'll let you do a little bit of of chest thumping before we get into the Shamanad game. I don't know what for, but thank you. Well, the Eagles last night. Oh yes, yes, yes. Eight no. I didn't see any of the game. I know Jalen Hurts didn't give me quite as many points as I would have liked, but he played yeah, well. It, they they they, they kind of held it close to the vest a little bit. We're a little sloppy. Let the Texans run the ball, control the clock a little bit, especially in the third quarter, uh, and in the second quarter, more importantly, where the Eagles have really been dominating people. So uh, it was. It was kind of a. You, you could tell the Eagles kind of were kind of just going with the motions a little bit through the game. Are you still? Are you satisfied with the effort? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Because a win's a win. I mean, listen. You nobody got hurt. You, you got a victory. Was it the prettiest? I didn't bet on it, so I'm not worried about them missing that that cover by a point and a half. Which, by the way, I said they were going to win by 11. The damn two point conversion cost me the perfect call. <laughs> 12, they won by 12. I was like, oh. So you know, I I'm I'm not going to complain. Was it the was it the prettiest? But you know, you, you, not not everyone you sleep with is a ten, right? So I mean, you get you have a few you have a few threes in there, and that's what that was for the Eagles on their on their way to another Super Bowl. <laughs> no, in, in, in that scenario, you were the three, buddy. I don't know about that. <laughs> Pretty good game five last night too. 
Great game five. Um, I thought it was, I thought the game Poor was Philadelphia fan- couldn't couldn't get a perfect play, right? I thought the game was fantastic. I was hoping for a little bit more drama in the ninth, but the I mean the catch on the Real Muto looked like it was going to be potentially the game tying home run or to set up the game tying run was awesome. Um, the inning ender in the uh, the Schwarber hit at the bottom of the eighth was was awesome. Verlander finally getting a World Series win. It was a it, it was a great game. Although now I feel like I'll be shocked if the Phillies can win two in a row in, in Houston. I think it's probably this kind of felt like their last gasp to get get take a three two lead back to Houston, try to steal one down there. I think now it's it's Dusty's time. I bet it's done in six. Although he was here before with the Giants yeah. twenty years ago. All he had to do was get one of these last two. And my boy Sean Figgins and the Anaheim Angels took him down. Great series that was. I just blame Jeff Kent, the kid. It was it was uh, it was Bonds' kid, right? No, it was Dusty's kid. It was Dusty's kid that Jeff Kent said. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't I always forget. I remember, I remember Jeff Kent making the save. I forget whose kid it was. I don't remember it being Jeff Kent. Um, I thought it was. It was the second I thought it was like Brad Osmus. I thought it was somebody like somebody random, like the no, no, the wrong, wrong goofy white dude. It was somebody okay. was Kent. Dusty's no, kid. Maybe Matt Williams. That was another one that falls in that category. No, no. Matt Williams <laughs> was way before that time. Yeah, I know he was. He was he was on that team. It was with... JT Snow. Oh, well, again, we were both wrong, yeah. but <laughs> I just say Jeff Kent's not the right heir. I was I, was... I, could have swore, I thought he would have been on that team though. No. Um, JT Snow. JT Snow, who uh made the big save of Dusty Baker's son. That was game five. Had the hot rookie card of nineteen ninety one, I think it was ninety two. You would know. I'll take your word for it. Was, it. it was <laughs> with the Angels. Let's talk about last night's the game. Um, I didn't watch a second of the baseball game because I watched the post game on the Eagles. So. You had your hands full. Yeah, and then from there, I think I started the Louisville game at about midnight. It was about midnight. Yeah, I stayed off social media, stayed off all the teasers, and went in fresh with the helicopter scene right at midnight. Louisville, I don't know where to start this one. So, so Louisville, we'll start with this. It was better. Can we all agree? <laughs> Can we all agree? It was better. Than the Lenore Ryan game, it was it was it was kind of like watching the Eagles game a little bit, you know. It was, if it was, you were just looking well, for the improvement, yeah, which I did see like a bunch of UL fans because I, I I had some, I felt like I was fair last night. I, I my commentary was limited. I yeah, I said some good things at the beginning because I thought the second segment they came out and they did play with more energy in that second four minute span than they had at any point before then. So I'm like, okay, th- there's a positive, and the positives quickly started slipping away, and. Like everybody in my mentions is like at the end of the game. Well, it was improvement. Well, yeah, it it, it was better than losing by ten to an awful D two team. We, well, we all we had to do is we we won. We yeah. sweated out a victory over a pretty bad D two team. We looked like we were. You said you said energy. I would say we showed interest at some point. They looked like they at least like somewhat cared. Now there were moments still where you think you see guys falling asleep and getting backdoored or. Uh, clearly not learning how, like not that. learning how to <laughs> don't, don't, you could have you could have phrased it differently well no I mean who hasn't fallen asleep and gotten back toward I mean it happens to the best of us right but the he went to an all he went to like all boys school you know what I'm talking about so <laughs> could have just left it alone could have just moved you on you can't poke in the beer bear but there was I mean there was also you know like you said moments of energy showing enthusiasm and just Obviously, there, there's talent that needs to be groomed and developed, but it's a step forward, man. It, it's still a step forward. I thought Trainer showed a lot more energy in this he game than he looked so much better than Wheeler at the end of his tenure in the game showed a little bit more spark, uh, opposed to the, most of the time before it. Wheeler? Are you thinking of somebody else? Roosevelt? He mm. played six minutes and did nothing. He had no points, no shots. Well, I think two the rebounds. last minute he was in, he at least showed like he was trying. 
I didn't. I didn't see that. But when you six minutes, you didn't see much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the only two things were two. I think loose ball rebounds. I don't even know if they were loose ball rebounds because there was one loose ball. He just looked at it and it was like, you know, like "Well, then what looking. were you seeing?" I saw him make. He, I saw him rotate properly on one of his last possessions. He was in. I'm I'm nitpicking for positives with this guy. Okay. Well, I think you can go to other places besides. No. I did not think Rose did much. I, I mean, he he looked like he. Well, him and Trainer were the two worst to me in the first game. So to see obviously slight improvements in in, in especially at least Trainer and at least the end of Wheeler's few minutes was a positive to me. I didn't see anything positive from from Rose. If, if we're being frank, like, he would not be one guy that I would point to. JJ Trainer certainly. I didn't want to be frank. Up. Stepped up big time. I mean, he had eight off. He had eight rebounds. I think seven of them were in the second half when Louisville really desperately needed a spark. Because Louisville, they take a ten point lead into the half. You're like, okay, we're we're good. We we kind of we seize momentum at the end of the first half. This is right at itself. We're going to be fine. And then we come out. We miss our first ten shots in the second half. Chaminade promptly goes on a 16-0 run, which is something that should never happen. They <laughs> lead by six with 14 minutes to go. And from that point, it's, it's game on. Like The teams are kind of exchanging blows. And it was then that Trainer really gave us a lift, a lot of second-chance opportunities. He did what you have to do against a team like this, which is get cheap points. You know, He misses a, a well-contested shot on the block, but he gets his rebound and puts it right back in for an easy layup because he's just bigger than everybody. He, you have to get those types of points, and he did it, and he, nobody else was willing to do it. He did what else did. He he exposed his, their lack of athleticism to him. For sure. I mean, I mean that's something, this is your big advantage against now, a team like Sean. does that make you – is he going to be able to do that against 90% of the team? No. Play? No, we probably not. Maybe a few other games. Bellerman possibly. Maybe First three games. Right State. Yeah. And there may be certain matchups he may be able to do it in, cer- in certain spurts. But, but again, at least – but nobody why, else was why, doing that. Well, again, yeah, that's true, and again, and it's also an improvement from what you know. You didn't see any of that in in, in the Lenore Ryan game. All I've heard so this offseason, all, all I've heard this offseason is we're going to be so big. We're so long. Well, look I'm, at look at Florida State. That's because that's everybody. Has, <laughs> everybody has said some variation of that same thing when people have expressed concern about the roster. Look at the way Florida State plays. They don't need guards. They're so big. Our big guys have played like they're six foot three for these first two exhibition games. Anybody compares us to Florida State has never watched Florida State play a basketball. It was game. nice to see at least one of them step up and use their size advantage. I mean, you're totally right. JJ Trainer cannot play that way against like Armando Baycott in North Carolina or anybody else from the ACC. But against these types of teams, that is your big advantage. Sidney Curry wasn't using it. Brandon Huntley Hatfield hasn't been using it. Huntley Hatfield looks a little bit lost it right now. Looks a little lethargic as well. I agree. I thought yeah. you know we had Matt McGavick on after the red white scrimmage because you and I didn't make it out there and we wanted to have somebody who was actually in the building. And I think his synopsis of Huntley Hatfield's play in that game was spot on. He looks like he's trying to figure out how to fit in. He looks the talent is clearly there. He looks like he's unsure of how to fit into this offense, and that leads to him being bashful. It leads to him kind of pressing a little bit when he does get the ball in scoring positions. He has looked just like he's he, he's he's thinking more than he's just playing out there, and that's something you can't do when you're 6'9", six, 6'10", six, and you've got such a decided athletic and talent advantage over everybody that you're going up against. But if these big guys don't figure out how to play big, all this size doesn't mean, doesn't mean bleep. Because the, they are a bunch of 6'9", six, 6'10", six, guys who, besides trainer up to this point, have played like they're 6'4", six, 6'5". And that's why, for the second straight game, you get outscored in points in the paint by a undersized, bad D2 team. You gave up 18 offensive rebounds to Chaminade, which is unforgivable. Like I hate to just start with all the negatives because there, there certainly were positives. Like I said, we won. That, that was good. <laughs> we were more aggressive into the free throw line, which but was this is this is stuff that shouldn't need to be fixed going into the season. This is stuff that like this should have been our ace in the hole. We have a lot of limitations on this roster, but rebounding. 
effort level, points in the paint, drawing defensive fouls, not allowing offensive rebounds and second chance opportunities. Like that should have been a given. That should have been what we're basing this team around. And then the other stuff, the three point shooting, maybe transition points, developing better guard play, secondary ball handlers is something that could have come along as the season went along. The fact that we don't even have that baseline is very concerning going into the season if we're talking about this team overachieving to the point that they could be NCAA tournament games. I think one of the problems is when you when you looked at this roster, you just you looked at the the the, the, the sizes and, and the heights and kind of assumed this would be that kind of team, and it's not. I mean, between T- Trainer Hutfield, uh, Huntley Hatfield and Curry, only one of those is actually a low-post-minded guy, and he's the shortest of the three. And that's Curry, who's what listed at six seven, but might be more like six six. I mean, I think he's listed at six eight. Then he's probably like six 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 seven. I mean, and they're he's that's not six eight, but that that doesn't matter. I mean, it, we I think it's obvious when you watch him on the court. But Trainer and Hatfield, Huntley Hatfield, are guys that, that kind of aren't really. I mean, Trainer, you saw aggressiveness with them from yesterday, which was nice, but he's more of a guy that wants to face up. He's not going to get on the low block. They've tried to use Hatfield on the low block when. They've had trainer him out there and Curry on the bench, and, and Hatfield just does not look like he, he's very comfortable doing it. And it's he, he does. He looks kind of like he looks like kind of like the the, the 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 gif of you know John Travolta when he can't decide which way to go in Pulp Fiction. That's kind of how he looks out there right now. And hopefully that's something that can be improved. I mean, you would you would like to think he's not that bad, even though he's the, one of the newest members to this team with the least amount of practice time, but he still has had practice time, and. He, I feel like in the second exhibition game, we shouldn't be seeing this much lostness in his eyes. He's, it's like they don't have a plan for him. He looks, I'll tell you what he looks like. They have a plan for He him. looks like Jalen Withers from last year. He looks like the guy that just kind of knows where he's supposed to go in offensive sets, but has no idea what to do after that. Well, I think he wants to play like Withers, and I don't think they want him to. Well, that's not his game. I mean, that, that I mean, wasn't his game at Tennessee last year. That wasn't his game coming in here. So I don't know why he would think that. Um, I mean, I know he has NBA aspirations. Everybody has NBA aspirations. That's, yeah, I do too. That's not going to be his strong suit. Is He he needs to be more of a back-to-the-basket type guy, which is hard to do when you're the four and you are playing alongside a traditional five in Sidney Curry whose game does not extend past the block more times than not. So I, I, that's something the staff has to get figured out. And he's going he's gonna to play the, a lot of the five in the rotations with Wheeler being limited more minutes because he's so far behind everyone else. It seems like. I mean, he's going to have to. I mean, that's, and that's the only four fives this we is, have. This is what the staff has to figure out, and this is what the early season has to be for. You've got four capable front court guys, five if you want to add Jalen Withers, even though he's looks like he's very much going to play more on the perimeter this year. If you're going to play Huntley Hatfield and Sidney Curry together, you got to figure that out. How to best utilize Huntley Hatfield's skill set to go along with Curry's. Curry's not going to step out and shoot fades, face up jumpers. I know he did a little bit of that towards the end of last year, but that's not his game. He's a block guy. But Huntley Hatfield may be the better block guy if you can get him into a groove. You, you've got to find some spacing there. You've got to, or if not, you've got to get Huntley Hatfield to understand that he's got to move better without the ball because he's just standing around looking lost that on is. every offensive possession. The one, the only time that he hasn't looked lost was very early in the Lenore Ryan game. He got open himself by cutting off the ball a couple of times and he had actually, some easy buckets. They actually got him two nice little positions on the low block in Lenore Ryan, but he missed both shots. Like he, there was two well, he had the dunk, too, on the back end. And, and in this game, I think when he only took two shots, right? One was a three, which was not the best probably decision to take. Yeah, not good. Time. And I don't even remember his second his other shot, to be honest with you. I think it was a little turnaround. Like try, he tried to use the board. To, was it did okay. not come very close. I just that. remember the three. So. He's uh, yeah. He, I mean, he looks like he's just trying to figure out where he belongs and and has no real sense of that right now. But he's gonna have to figure it out on the fly because he's somebody like if, if Wheeler can't 
give us more than 10 minutes, then he's going to have to figure it out. And he's, cause he's going to be on that court Well, there's no one else to go to. Well, for sure. And I mean, I mean there's, there's no one else you can use. Look to, at this roster. I mean, he's, yeah, he's even I mean, if he's bad, he's going to play a lot. Like that's, that's cause you're going to have some issues with Curry probably getting foul trouble in certain matchups because of the size issue. And you're, he's not going to, I don't know if Curry's a guy that can probably play more than 34, 35 minutes a game at most. Speaking of the roster and guys who are going to have to play, I mean, the good news is you won. The bad news is <laughs> you had to play LL's 38 minutes to get there. And he needed to play on the floor for every single one of those 38 minutes. Yeah. And this is, I mean, we all, saw, I don't want to say we all, because there were some people who were like, clearly Kenny's happy with the guard situation. We don't need more guards. Everybody else who either just looked at this roster or saw this team practice during the summer or the early fall said, it's L. Ellis and nobody else that can help him back there. And that's not sustainable. And we've seen that. When L. Ellis got out of the game against Lenore Ryan because of foul trouble, Louisville had no idea what to do. And they could not put together any positive segments when Ellis was on the bench. Last night, they had to keep him on the floor virtually the entire game against mm-hmm. Chaminade that's to have a chance to win that game. He took 20 shots. He got to the line 15 times, was 13 of 15 from the free throw line. He once again was the only guy who had more than one assist on this team. We had eight assists last night. He had six of them. The first game, we had seven assists. He had six of them. Very nice looks, by the way, he had. He's he's our only playmaker off the bounce. Yeah. And I'll be honest, watching the first two exhibition games, I don't know how that changes. I, I think you saw good things from Kamari Lands. You saw some good things from from Mike James, but they are very much wings. They are not traditional combo guards. They cannot play the one, at least as of right now. I would like to see Lance play more minutes because he's he, he can at least get buckets, which is something that is not a plentiful thing on this roster. But as of like taking a guy off the bounce, being a reliable ball handler, being a capable creator for the guys around him, it's L. Ellis and nobody right now. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get a chance to really even have a chance to look at any. I mean, we saw a little bit more in the Noel Ryan game because of his foul trouble, getting some other people some opportunities out there. But, I mean, Miller only played, what, like a minute or two in this game? And I mean, he looked, he had an awful turnover. He came out there with with, with, with pain, and, and that was it. I mean, that was That it. lineup was, I was like, okay. <laughs> they play, it played for like two or three minutes. I'm not sure off. this lineup could outscore Fairdale High School. <laughs> yeah, it was, hey, now, leave Fairdale alone. Did they have a state title at one point? Because I didn't pick up Dawes. <laughs> I'm sorry, you didn't go to Wagner. Uh, who do they play this week? Oh, they're off. That's right. We're not. We're not going to get beat by fifty. They're off for the rest of the year. Yeah, <laughs> decade. Um, but you bring up James and Lands. I'm glad because those are two. I, I'm very thrilled about the progress to see in those two throughout the season. I mean, not not, not saying that I don't expect Trainer to get better, which I do and hope. And Withers to continue to improve from where he's played as well as he has these first two games. Else the same. Else I think what else is I don't know if you're going to get any much better from him other than maybe a little more consistency. But but Lands and, and James I have I'm looking forward to seeing because th- those are the two guys that not to put the you know the horse before the cart way too much, but those are the kind of guys I can I get excited about thinking as being extre- better contributors on a better team with some better recruits next year. Same. I think and, that's and, what you look and, at. And that's and, and those guys being the guys that are going to be that, that third and fourth option on a can, team that can contend for a tournament run. Not that they can't do this stuff this year. Lands won. If, I swear, I've had a dollar for every time I, that guy took one drip, crossover dribble and just stood and looked at the defense. Every time he touched the ball, I'd have 50 bucks last night. I mean, and I would have gone out and probably used it to buy drugs. Who are you talking about? Lands. Okay. Because he just, I don't know. I don't know if he's just, 
nervous to, to, to attack a defense. He tried to do it once, and he did kind of lose control in the fast break and got the foul and bailed out of it. But I'd like to see him more aggressive. James has shown a little more aggressiveness when he's getting the ball in the perimeter as well as taking the three. But also looks like just, just looks just like a kind of a deer trying to learn to walk sometimes when he dribbles into the lane. Yeah, I, I didn't have the same issue with Lands as you did. I thought he looked smooth out there. I thought he played I just within wish himself. Be more aggressive when he gets the ball on that perimeter instead of just kind of being the guy to kind of wait for everybody to motion around him. Yeah, I mean maybe I, I, I saw I, it in the Lenore Ryan game. Too, I didn't pick up much. Of, I mean that was everybody in the Lenore Ryan game when, when Ellis was out. I thought Mike James was out of control a few times. The bigger issue for Mike James, I thought, was defensively. That's that he is. looked lost. Lands looks, and this is kind of the reverse of the way we thought it was going to be. Lands looks ahead of James when it comes to defense. Like he played, I thought, really well defensively last night, whereas James was getting beat a bunch and just fouling a bunch, almost fouled out of the game. Um, I, based on the first two exhibition games, I would start Kamari Lands against Bellerman. I think he's been better, especially when it comes to defensive awareness against a team that you have got to be defensively aware for 40 full minutes against if you're not going to give up cheap buckets that could get you beat. Uh, I think he's been better offensively. Maybe a little bit less explosive going to the basket, like you said, but that's not really supposed to be his game just yet. That's more of Mike James, what he's supposed to bring to the table. Although James has shot the ball better than anybody James, from outside. Yeah, James. I mean, James has put the ball on the court a few times. Besides Withers. But, but I, I'm not asking Lance to be his whole game, but if you don't show that you can do it at least to be a threat of it, then you're not going to get any better open looks from the outside. And he did have a couple of nice open looks from the outside. Yeah, I, I thought he I thought he played well. I think he looked markedly better tonight, or last night, than he did on Sunday, which it was the case for a handful of people. I thought Jalen Withers was solid again. Yeah. Uh, L was clearly good, although you like to see him taking less than 20 shots a game. And think about how many shots that he had attempted that didn't count because he got fouled so much. Uh, but that's that. Look, that's that's who we are right now. It might be who we are for this entire season. Five of them, I would have said n- never take again. I mean, the we th- don't. Three we points, don't have any options. The like, three point his three point selection shot shot selection is just baffling sometimes. The one that he took from the left wing in the second half was the one that almost drove Kenny Payne to like flip out for I the first time. It was the one right in front of him. It too, was, and it? he yeah. it was really early on. We were we were trying to mount a little bit of a run. One pass, he jacked it up, almost broke the backboard with it, and that was the first time that we've really seen any raw emotion from Kenny Payne in game, and it was uh, not not positive raw, <laughs> raw emotion. One of the better looks he had, he actually passed on it and tried to drive, and that's what got him that first of two offensive fouls. Yeah, which the the first one I was okay with. I didn't think it was that terrible of a call. The second one was was horrendous. I wouldn't say horrendous. I'd, oh, I would. I would. I, he said I, after I was, the game that he blew it. He apparently told yeah. the coaches. I mean, did you not watch the replay? Like, you cannot just slide the entire time in front of a guy. That was a terrible call. Yeah, and Sellers just also needing to stop trying to force contact. No, 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 no. He could not disagree more. That one. I mean, he's just he's literally just dribbling to his right, and the dude runs in, grabs his nuts, and then throws himself back. That's as bad of a charge call as you're going to see in college well, basketball this year. You got to grab the ball. And he apparently the referee apologized after the game was like that was yeah I, I missed it that was bad I saw the replay might be uh, but the first one that little fans also thought was terrible I didn't think was awful um, I thought that was a little bit more defendable I wouldn't have called it but whatever the second one was was atrocious uh, but L. Ellis again he's your backcourt right now and I hope that changes I hope we can develop guys over time let me, let me ask you this now you and I we had Preseason expectations, we talked about this team. I think you were a little bit higher than I was. You thought they could be like in the mix come selection Sunday, winning record, better than last year. I said I thought they were probably going to be slightly under 500 was my guess. After watching this team play twice, are you changing your full season ex- expectations or are you just saying exhibition games, whatever, 
I'm holding true to what I believe three weeks ago. Uh, what was my when you say my predictions? What was my win total predictions with that? Do you I think you were saying like seventeen, fourteen, something like I'm that. St- I'm still the fourteen, eighteen area then. Okay, I'm still in that area. I think. I mean, I don't think anything short of thirteen or fourteen. I think would be a true disappointment. I mean, this is a team that's still. I mean can still compete with your middle level ACC teams I think and if this team if some of the players do develop I see you see trainer get a little bit more consistency obviously lands and, and James guys we've mentioned we haven't seen a lot out of Curry but honestly I'm not that doesn't bother me because I don't think we needed to see anything out of Curry these two games I mean we could have easily just kind of maybe tried to force feed him in that low block make him go one-on-one because he went one-on-one either of these two games he would have been should have been pretty dominant and the few times that we let him get one on one, and just, instead of making them force the double team to get the ball back out, we didn't really go to that very often. I don't know if that was designed by knowing that we need other things to work on in these games, and that that will be there if we need to go to it, or if it's just something they don't want to go to. Which I, I think it's more the former than the latter because they did try to get the ball in the little block a little bit in the Lenore Ryan game, but it was more the guards not able to get the right get the pass down there to him properly. So I would I would think that yeah this team still should be at minimum a fourteen win game. I'm more concerned about Sidney Curry than you are, just because the every report this summer and this fall, and I hadn't seen it. Yeah, I didn't go to practice, but everybody was like, he looks not like the guy we saw towards the end of last year. He's looking kind of passive, maybe a little bit out of shape. And these two exhibition games, guess what he's looked like? Kind of passive and yeah. kind of out of shape, and that's. That's concerning. I don't know how we got here. I don't know how he's not looking like the guy who was tearing up some of the better post defenders in the ACC towards the end of last season, but he certainly has not looked like that in either exhibition game. If, I, if, if, you, if you do see this type of play out of him and this kind of the, just lack of getting him involved in the offense in your Bellarmine Rice State games, then there's concern. I'm just hoping, being a positive, that it was they looked at these exhibition games at, at working on other things other than doing what they, they I think they feel they know is already there. Well, see, I'm not, but I'm not seeing it as like this was a concerted effort not to get the ball on the block. I, he just looks like he's not working hard enough to get the ball on the block. And when he does, he looks like he's unsure of what to do. He doesn't look like he has nearly the same athleticism as he did last February and March. He looks, I mean, I hate to use the word disinterested, but he looks a step or two slower than he was. Rushed. I mean, yeah, he's he had nine rebounds last night. He well, felt like he should have had like eighteen. Um, I mean, he, he could just fall in eight rebounds against that team. I mean, exactly. I mean, he, he should have had way more. Like he he was not. He was at least more active than he was against Lenore Ryan, which is not saying much. I just I'm concerned. I mean, he's he, he drew two fouls the entire game. Got to the free throw line, but not, we, not I once. Mean, we did not look very many plays to get him that ball in the low block and make him because he's not doing anything. He's just standing. I there. mean, we I think there was. One play, one or once or twice we did, and both times he just dominated the guy one on one. The other time, I think they brought the double team, which forced him to kick the ball back out. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I, I saw, I remember him. He got defended well on a jump hook that he came up short on. Uh, a couple, I mean, he was three or seven from the field. He had one jump hook where he, they, he they, had a nice they, little they, sweeping they went, hook. Yeah, well, they, that was the one of the times they didn't double team him on the on the low block play. If they're going to bring the double team, I mean, that's what you got. With Curry, you've got to force them to make the double team so you can kick the ball out for the shooter. Yeah, I mean, they weren't really. If they're going to go on one-on-one. you got to let him go one-on-one with best, basically anybody that, that he's not giving up five inches to. He wasn't getting much of an edge on any of the post players in either game, which is very, very concerning going into a season where he's going to be playing post players against just about everybody. The little Ryan kid was was fine. He was 6'11". He was, he was pretty big. Should have been too slow to guard Curry, but he wasn't. Um, but most teams aren't going to have or are going to have better post players than the ones we've seen the last two weeks. I mean, Shamanad's average height was six foot five, and they beat us in points in the paint, and 
got 18 offensive rebounds. Well, one guard looked my. I said flashbacks to like Dan Dickow in 1999, Gonzaga. Watching him just do that little steady, like, pause. The Olsen kid. The pause dribble. Yeah, pause dribble into off the pick and roll into the lane, stop and pop from 14 feet. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> so I seriously hope we're working on pick and roll defense like the first, like, six hours of this morning. We seem to not know how to defend. I mean, it was bad. It was. It was, it was trainer bad. has a problem with that. He just, he, it's not a very good defensive player still. Looks better offensively, but still not very good defensively. Curry also is. It looks like he's not improved defensively at all. No. That was he was bad last night again. I, I mean, I to answer my own question, I feel worse about the season overall after watching these two exhibition games. I don't want to jump to gigantic conclusions, but I, I was thinking 13, 14 wins going into the year. I'm thinking about the same, but if you're asking me to push one way or the other, I'm I'm probably going fewer. They just they're just they're so far behind where I hoped they were going to be. And like you said, it's not necessarily – like the effort shouldn't be questioned. The beating up bigger teams in the post, beating up smaller teams in the post in exhibition play shouldn't be an issue. And yet these things that we thought – the only things that we thought were going to be checked off the, the to-do list going into the season have not been. The defensive awareness seems very low. I mean, you and I wondered aloud, would Kenny Payne consider playing zone? I know that's not what John Calipari does. He never goes zone. But with this roster, zone seems like a better option than trying to have these guys play man-to-man. And it certainly seems after these first two games that going zone would be a better option for these two teams. Maybe that's something we at least tinker with early in the season, although we have not played any possessions of zone. We have barely pressed at all. I don't know if that's something we're going to do. But our half-court defense has been not very good. I mean, zone could be lesser of two evils, maybe. Maybe if they – I wouldn't have cared or minded. If they did kind of tinker with it a little bit in this game or in the first game, but I mean the fact is zone man to man. If you're just not going to pay attention to what you're doing in your assignment, it, it, you're getting burned either way. Maybe I mean, I mean I, it's, it's, it's this isn't as much about like not athletically enough to stay with people man to man. It's it, this is more mental than physical with some of these guys. I was I mean it's easier it's certainly easier to play a zone than it is to defend a high ball screen. And if you have guys that if, can't defend if, a high if ball screen, they're going to do that to you. Then yes, in this day and age, guess what? Eighty five percent of teams are running. Some, some form of high ball screen offense. And you're going to see it every night. And we have looked like we've never seen a screen before. And I that's concerning. Whether it's March or, or late October, early November. Well, the problem is we saw this last year. Sydney, Sydney has trouble guarding the screen. He does, Trainer which is does. why he didn't play till the end of the year. Ellis, he got to the point where Ellis was just not even worrying about switching and just fighting through it the rest of the last 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, our best defenders from last year are by and large gone um although withers i think is a capable defender he at least seems to understand mm. how to play defense um we'll see it, it look it can't get worse i say that i said that after the laurel ryan game guess what it didn't it, it did not get worse against shamanah so i'm saying minimum win 14 you're saying cap ceiling win for maybe 14 yeah. patrick what side are you going with minimum or, 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 or ceiling for 14 wins i'd say 14 is closer to a ceiling We'll see. I hope we're both wrong. I hope we're both wrong. We'll take a break. When we come back, Thornton Sacks line, 502-414-1450. You guys have already piled up your thoughts. We'll get to that. And then we'll switch the conversation in hour number two to James Madison. A little James Madison trivia for presidential expert Trevor Kelsey. You're going to like this. I like this already. All right. We'll come right back after this. This It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X.
until it's Friday when TK busts up Sublime. Ah, not Sublime. Oh, it's not. Who is this? I think uh, Biden might Upbeat drug songs, I'm just assuming Sublime. Uh, you're, well, you're close. Is it like a Sublime offshoot? It was after Bradley Knoll's death, the remaining members made a tribute band called Long Beach Double All-Stars. Okay. Excuse me, Long Beach Dub All-Stars. To be exact. They did two albums. I actually saw them in the headliners. And this was off their first album, which the first album is really good if you like Sublime. Okay. Second album's nah. Right. Okay. Well, I'll check it out. Right. Check it, check it, if you like it, check it out. Sorry, I'm looking what's, at the Reader's Cup results on my phone. I thought that was tomorrow or something. Or it's both Monday. days. Both days. Um, I have are not, you betting? And I already bet. I bet before I came here. But oh, I, was, I got Twin Spars. In my, can, can you give me some bets for the day? Uh, you don't want my bets today. I suck at Keeneland. I told myself to hold off until the actual Breeders' Cup races tonight. And uh, I didn't. I bet early, and it went poorly. And it's. Uh, I think it's going. I can't tell who won the, the last race, but hopefully it went. On. I started to pick four. We'll figure out who won. I've got to go to uh, Southern Indiana after the game today. We're doing. I'll have the Southern Indiana High School game of the of the week on the Big X. Back on the X. Okay. Say next played yesterday. I'm assuming they won. They did. Like fifty three. Easily. Yeah. I figured. Yeah. So Southern. Southern. And I lost again. It was. A... <laughs> Loser. Good lord. So, uh, but just Justin's not on the mic tonight, though, for tonight's Southern Indiana game. We have uh, he's got a fill in tonight. Uh, if you give me one second, I'll tell you his name. I should know this because I got to work with the guy tonight and don't even know his name still. Uh, Brent Hesse. He'll be on the call tonight for a game. I don't know who it's between because Scoots has tickets to go see Kevin Hart. Okay, make the joke that you want to. What the, the the short guy likes the short guy? Well, I was gonna say. I mean, I don't know why anybody wants to see Kevin Hart, but okay. <laughs> I was just gonna say, sh- short joke was there for the taking. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It, it, I mean, it's good. Good to see they'll have company. That, you know, no one can reach the top shelf at the, at the arena. Somebody recognized by the way on the text line said Long Beach Dub All Stars pull on a Friday. I love it. Yeah, there you go. I remember I was familiar with the group Long Beach Short Bus. I did not know <laughs> Long Beach Dub All Stars. <laughs> Pretty much all the members of Sublime. Well, there's like two other members of Sublime, other than Bradley Knoll. But like, just kind of like, uh, they're like their DJ and their spin guys. So it's a bunch of people that worked with the Sublime throughout their years. All right. So 502 414 We spent the first segment there talking about last night's exhibition win. Dub should remind uh, people that we actually won the game. You may not have known it from that conversation, but we won. That was good. Not this year, Silver Swords. Go back to Maui. Although I think they're playing, they play Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, I think they, Monday. Cincinnati, then they go to Alaska. Do they? Because they do the thing now. You know, Chaminade has always served as the host of the Maui Invitational. And now, and I hate the rule. I, it doesn't feel like real Maui without Chaminade. But they're only playing in the tournament every other year. So in off years like this one, the deal is they play three exhibition games on the mainland against three teams, teams that are playing in the yeah. Maui Invitational. So they played... Ohio State on Tuesday, they lost 101 to 57. If you're looking to, to compare, by the way, you're right. That is the dumbest rule they've ever made. I hate it. It's it's, it's so stupid. well. It, the only thing dumber is them not playing the the title game late night like they always do. Yeah, I hate it. I hate the afternoon title game on Thanksgiving Eve. It's we'll talk about Thanksgiving week, but I, it drives me crazy. But they played uh, Ohio State, lost by 44 on Tuesday. Played us last night, and then they'll play Cincinnati and lost and lost by seven. And they'll play Cincinnati on uh, on Monday. Well, they need to put a score in there. It's just they a... scored less points on us, right? Yeah. I, I mean, did they? I don't know. No, they didn't. No. I thought it was... They, they lost 101 to 57 to Ohio State. And they scored 73 against us. <laughs> Thanks for making it worse, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Appreciate it. Well nice done. Contribute, Dynamite man. drop in. Uh, yeah. Can't wait for your next next piece of trivia. Text line is 502-414-1450. <laughs> uh, 
this is I'm looking at all the apparently Matt Dennison had a great show today. People were commending him on the end of their show. Wonder how. Oh, it's a great show. They wonder, who's talking who's just who's on a roll? They got who's who just play this weekend? Who cares? They played an exhibition game last night. They did. Somebody. Yeah, they did. Maybe that's what he was talking about. Yeah, they did. Uh, Actually, they won. Texas, I'm confirming yesterday's chat. Some of us are listening in Tennessee, so we can't do radio and stream is appreciated. Also, I'm working today. Love the show. Thank you. We love you too. Tennessee. Ooh. Sorry. Texas says the stream is good. Definitely worth a celebration. Texas says, coming in loud and clear in Charlotte, North Carolina. Go cards. All right, Charlotte. Texas says listening from my toilet. Arby's Diablo got me. <laughs> Great transition there. Texas stream sounds sexy. All right, Texas. Now you got to be sitting there. Goodbye to poo. Goodbye to poo. <laughs> I like that. So I used to. I was really into Elliot Smith. The he did the music for Google Hunting. Probably his voice best known for. He also has the song on the the only thing you like about Up in the Air. He did. Um, uh, Angel in Snow, which is yeah. about cocaine. Uh, he. He would always say when he, he liked making songs about poop as well, and he would always say when he was taking a bleep, he would sit there and think of Won't Back Down by Tom Petty. <laughs> and now it's all I could think of in those situations. Uh, Texas, look, I'll say it. I was hopeful for Kenny Payne when we hired him. At this moment in time, I have zero faith in Louisville basketball for the next few years. Well, hold on. Wow, two exhibition games and you lost zero faith? That's... Hold on. We should mention, I meant to bring this up earlier in, in the, the basketball talk. If you're talking about recruiting, and that was a big focal point of us yesterday was, you know, now we get to judge Kenny Payne fairly moving forward. The the handcuffs have been taken off on the recruiting trail. If he's this ace recruiter, it's time for him to show it. Well, good news. Carter Bryant, the five-star small forward from the class of 2024, who was the second player besides A.J. Johnson to back out of Louisville Live. Remember that from California? We had A.J. Johnson say, hey, I'm not coming. And then Carter Bryant was like, oh, no, I'm not coming either. And we kind of freaked out, like, is this a – like, are these people really having legitimate reasons not to come? Guess what? Carter Bryant in town this weekend, official visit. He said he was coming in early November. He made that happen. Let's uh, let's, let's see what could happen there. I think Arizona is the school to beat for Carter Bryant services, but guess what we can do now? Hey, man, I don't even know if Arizona is going to be eligible for the tournament next year. Yeah, I mean. You like that? And there's no way like that she's going to put on a better party than we can. I'm just saying, you like that we're doing, we can do the negative recruiting thing ourselves is my whole point here. Yeah. All the stuff that Kenny Payne has been saying, people have been saying about us. Now, because the IRP says they're not going to act on Arizona, Kansas, or LSU until the spring of 2023, we can be like, dude, you want to go to Arizona? I mean, we're good for the tournament. We're clear. <laughs> they might be able to go. Somehow I feel Kenny Payne won't be a negative recruiter. He right? needs to now. I mean, he's if, seen the dark if, side if of college if recruiting. He's not willing to bring out nil in recruiting. I he can't. was so innocent, and then he was like, "I can't believe people were negative recruiting against me." Well, now what? Now you've been turned. You, you've, you've seen the dark side. You need to embrace it. It's time to strike back. Take down Zona. Get Carter Bryant. Let's make this happen. Let's get this ball rolling. If, if this was like a movie, Kenny Payne would be like that. That right straight off the farm kind of fresh girl showing up in the big city. And yeah. Looking so innocent, and then by after that bit into the first montage, you know she's walking around in fishnets and in a harder halter top, and has her hair blue and green. And look, I've heard New York State of Mind. I know what happens to girls who go up to New York; they get turned quickly. Kind of like in uh, Son-in-Law with Polly Shore, you know, exactly like Son-in-Law with Polly Shore. But Carter Bryant, in, at least getting him on campus is a good thing. I would have been concerned. If, I'll still be concerned if we don't get an official visit from A.J. Johnson, but to get Carter Bryant back and to have, you know, I think it's understandable for us as fans who've been, every fan base has been hurt by recruiting, but certainly us dealing with all the NCA stuff. It was understandable that we would be jaded when two five-star kids at the last second on the day of Louisville Live were like, ooh, by the way, we're not coming. 
we're, we're definitely going to come sometime in the future, though. I, I was wondering if it was going to happen. We now know it was going to happen. That makes me feel better. If I can be a positive twist, at least with this this change of plans and recruit, I mean, he's now going to be the spotlight's going to be all on him, opposed to being shared. At yeah, alive for sure. That's is that a positive twist? He's to the it? man this weekend. I mean, is, I mean, I don't know if there's other recruits that are in town. I don't would know, but. There are probably a few, but he's the big one. Yeah, he's the one that's going to – now he's going to get the full spotlight on him, which is probably a good thing, right? He will. I mean, you have to imagine. I mean, hopefully the crowd is cooled tomorrow night at the James Madison game. Even if it's not, he'll get to hang out with the football team, maybe celebrate in the locker room a little bit. Uh, should be a good time. Maybe we can get Harlow on a FaceTime. Come on, Harlow. Patrick, why don't you hook him up? You're, you're one of the homies, aren't you? No. He's not. I thought you were a homie. And then you go on, you go on the court and shot ball with him and – Well – the homies is a rap group of four people. Yeah, get it. Bats and loose with that. I got two full. <laughs> I got two full listens to the show. Sometimes he might be listening right now. Who? Two full one. He's in. The, he's one of the homies. We love him. Trevor, if Trevor doesn't know what it is, then he thinks it's just. just <laughs> I no. I mean, I just I know what it is. I, just, I know. I know what the, the the phrase is. I just. You know what the it's, what it's phrase? his name. Two for one. That's his. That's his name. His name. Yeah. <laughs> He's listening right now. He is. And he hates you. He's never come on the show now because he's like that guy just thinks he's nothing's cool after 2000. He can come on the he's show. Stuck in the he's 90s and, and late 80s. Tufo Warren is his name. <laughs> God. I mean, I, yeah, he's a coupon. Okay, I, still, I get it. The only time I ever feel young is on this show. Like, I, there, no other aspect of my life do I feel young, but I'm like, at least I'm not. Is trying. one of the other homies like buy one, half one off? No. No. <laughs> Texas, I'm concerned that KP keeps referring to this venture as a long term process of interviews with, and with recruits. College B-ball is the easiest sport for quick rebuilds. I don't understand how next year is anything but tournament or bust, and he doesn't seem to get that. I don't know if that's what he means. I. When he talks about this being a process, I think he's more concerned about fans getting upset with the way this year goes. I mean, the season itself is, I mean, going to be a process each game. Yeah, th- and That's why I say, like I say with guys like Trainer and James and Lance, where I, I see ceilings for they could be better players by we come Feb- maybe mid-February, March. I choose to view his oh. comments as calm down about this season. If it goes very poorly, if, it, if it's even worse than last year, don't freak out. We need you. And I think, I mean, the expectation for Louisville is to not get back to being, like, in the NCAA tournament on an annual basis. The expectation is to get back to competing for national t- titles. And I think what Kenny Payne says is it may be, it may look bad this year. We may not be national title good in year two, but hang on. Now, if he's saying we may not be tournament good in year two, I, I also I disagree with that. Like, you should, especially now, you can go out and get kids from the 2023 class mm-hmm. without any fear of, of, of them being concerned about the NCAA stuff. And the real... I think the real freedom now is the transfer portal stuff. If you have a one-and-done, if you have a Carlick Jones, a Damian Lee type up transfer who wants to spend his last season at a power program, wants to go play in the NCAA tournament, experience March Madness, there's no reason not to get that kid anymore. You had that excuse last year. All those kids are going to be the transfer portal again this year. Go get some of them. We should be, I mean, Louisville has plenty to offer in a normal circumstance. Now, with a new head coach who has all this NBA accreditation, you should be able to go get kids who are the dream chasers, the ones that you keep uh, using the brand for. If they're not tournament good next year, yeah, I'll, I'll be a little bit concerned. But I don't take his comments to – I don't think he's trying to set the fan base up for that. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I think. Texture says, uh, Mike, this is this Louisville team is bad. Ellis is not a point guard. Our big men are completely lost. What has Kenny been doing in practice? They have no idea what they're doing. How do we get to this point? They don't look good. I, I I don't know if you've been listening. I'm not trying to paint a pretty picture here. I'm I'm calling it what it is, and what it is so far has been bad. 
I thought Ellis looked decent in the point guard role this last game. Was I thought he looked fine last night. I thought his decision making wasn't was far better than I have seen in the past on a regular basis. I agree. He, I'm not sure he's still. I'm not sure it's his natural position, but I'm with you. Last night I thought he looked more. I mean, he's the only one, so it helps. But <laughs> well, yeah, he's he looked like a capable I mean, ball handler. I mean, the only comparison like was the two minutes out of Miller. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and th- those didn't look great. Poor Zampang got called for a foul, and he actually played decent defense. He did, and, he and then was, he got a goaltending. Then he had, he got a goaltending I'm call. About the goaltending, he almost yeah. committed a very bad turnover. Uh, but that was that was okay. I, I, I like Zan. I don't necessarily want to see him on the court in big games, but I I like him. Texas says I did not get to chime in yesterday. Anyone that says the IRP let us off easy can go bleep themselves. After reading your article on all the success we had from 03 to 2015. The ridiculous amount of time it took to resolve this decimated the program. Side note, give the NCAA a giant middle finger and hang the banners back up. We did talk about all those things yesterday. Hang the banners. Hang them up. Get them up, Josh. Texas also, Curry and uh, Texas, I watched most of the game, and the lackadaisical attitude from the players was a little concerning. I noticed multiple times the players seemed like they didn't care to be there. Also, I don't know what's up with Hatfield. He looked completely out of place on the court. Also, Curry and Hatfield's apprehension to be physical is frustrating, especially against an undersized opponent. I agree with all that. I agree. All right, we're up against the end of the break. When we come back, we maybe can talk a little bit more about the basketball game to start, but I do want to shift the conversation to James Madison because, my God, we got to flip. Look, we're a football school again. We shift it, We shift back and forth. Sometimes we're football. Sometimes we're basketball. Every now and then we're volleyball. We've been soccer before. We're always baseball. But right now we're a football school. So we'll talk more football in hour number two. Uh, we will. I, I'll try to wrap up the text line because I, I want to get to your all's thoughts. Before we take a break, though, reminding you, if you have heating or air conditioning problems, God, I mean, you never you never know what it's going to be. It's like 80 degrees outside today. We're wearing shorts and T-shirts in here. Uh, so it may be your AC today. It might be your heating this weekend, but you're going to have problems. That's the, the issue with the weather here in the Ohio Valley. And there's only one place to go when you do. It's AirServe. They've got technicians available for you 24-7. They're like EMTs for your HVACs. Call them any hour of any day at 502-264-9662. They'll have somebody available to come out to your home or place of business and fix your problem. Whether it's too hot, too cold, too dry, or too polluted, AirServe, making sure you're comfortable and breathing the highest quality air at your home, at your place of business. The number again, 502-264-9662. We'll take a break. Hour number two is on the way next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Welcome back in. Happy Football Friday to you. Happy Basketball Friday to you as well. We've got football and basketball now coexisting. It feels good to be in this part of the year. You mean the greatest month of all time? The, the Trevor's favorite month. I mean, it's fantastic. It's hard to argue against me. It's a great it? month. I, okay. I, I agree. I'm not going to. It's not my favorite, but it's up there. It's, What's your favorite then? Probably December. I'm just a big Christmas guy. I mean, December does offer the same, same multiple thing. sports. I don't like the the weather is, is a big drawback for me. But yeah, see. Well, yeah. I mean, November usually is not like it is today, but it is perfect today. We have a couple of programming notes. Speaking of football and basketball coexisting tonight, uh, you know, 970 WGTK, your new home for Cardinal Athletics. We're going to have the first 
edition, first episode of the Kenny Payne radio show that's going to be from 7 to 8. If you want to see it in person, it's going down at the Roosters on Springhurst Boulevard. Because uh, we're going to have that on 970, Trinity Football, which typically is heard on 970, it's going to start tonight at 7 o'clock on 94.7 FM as they kick off their playoff run against the the Fighting Camels of Campbell County. They will, uh, at 8 o'clock, switch that broadcast back over to 970. And then what do we have tonight? Because I know Cenex played last night on 1450. What we, what's going on tonight on 1450, Trev? We've got uh, Southern, Southern Indiana football So back. that's going to be on our station. Yeah, okay. that's what I was gotcha. uh, yeah, I wish you weren't listening. You said, said Scoots was on. It's Scoots, but he wasn't doing the call. Yeah. But, but typically Scoots does like 94.3. He, well, he's on 94.7. 94.7, that's right. But normally he has been all year because of St. X being on the X. But with X's game moved, we've got, uh, I believe it's the last game of the year for Southern Indiana. I might be, I don't I don't, I don't think the local teams are doing great. So you're not expecting long playoff runs? Not that I'm aware of. But okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. But tonight will be a My 7... Silver Creek guys? Yeah, sorry. Uh, tonight is a 7.20 pregame, 7.30 kickoff. Okay, well, there you go. You hear Play that? Time stop at KFC on the way. You'll hear that right there, right here on 1450 The Big X. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, one one problem with last night's game before we move on real quick. Sure. Was it, I mean, with the weather and the fact that the, the amount of people at the stadium last night, it probably felt like a home game for Chaminade. Like it, we had good weather, felt like Hawaii weather out yesterday. There was like you know a, a handful of people in the in the crowd, which is what they're used to playing in front of anyway, probably. And other than that, I also like to throw out that the, the big guy, I think he's number two. Is it mirrored? He looked like every like white glue guy in every basketball movie you oh, ever yeah. see. The high shorts, very <laughs> muscly, like not paid, not overly tall. Well, what was his name? Uh, what's what's the guy from Twenty One Jump Street? Um, the Magic Mike guy, Chase uh, Tatum. Yeah. You know, like him from uh, from Coach Carter. Yeah. Like, that's what I pictured him being. Like every basketball high school movie or college, there's always that one like athletically not very big white glue Just guy. Just very muscly. That's him. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was a perfect. I mean, if he's not in movies in two years, that dude's just dropping the ball. He had great Hawaii hair. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if he came with that or if he developed it all on the on the island, but uh, he uh, he certainly he looked the part of a Chaminade basketball. Player. I mean, maybe that's why we were thrown off our game. We were just stunned by him. Could be. Like you know, every time every time you look at him in the post, like he's like this glow coming off. I'm making music playing. I hear right. Dreamweaver playing in the background. All right, we'll try to get some text here before because <laughs> we we didn't get to as many as I liked, and people have. A lot of thoughts about last night's game, so we'll take the text line here for a few minutes. 502-414-1450. Uh, text says, listening loud and clear from Chicago, my life isn't complete without the Mike Rutherford show every weekday. Don't you feel bad about it? Probably Thank you. You talk bad about Chicago all the time, too. When do I ever talk bad about you, Chicago? You, you hate Chicago from your dating days, the, the people you grew up with. You, oh, no, I, I hate those people. that were. <laughs> they made me hate the Cubs, but I don't hate the city of Chicago. I like the city of Chicago. You don't like Blues Brothers? I spent many a weekend up in Chicago. You think John Hughes is overrated? I don't think John Hughes is overrated. I don't you like just, the Blue Brothers. You don't like you just you just anti Chicago. You think the Cubs and White Sox both suck. I like the White Sox. They're one of my like favorite <laughs> baseball teams besides the Reds. It's where John Renshaw resides now. It is. Yeah. No. That's why you don't like Chicago. I'll say this about Chicago: one of the best places in America to visit in the summer. Summertime Chicago, summer Chicago. is incredible. Summertime shy, little beach, little volleyball. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> Winter, it's very cold. I was there for New Year's a couple times. It was extremely cold. Oh, New Year's in Chi-Town? New Year's in Chi-Town. Nice. Uh, very cold. Text says, Stevie Wonder could see that Roosevelt Wheeler was bad last night. What is Trevor talking about? I'm talking about the last two possessions he played. That was one of the few names that Trevor remembered, so he just he threw it out there. I think, I'm think i starting to think that might be the case, because Roosevelt, he did nothing of any No, it's because I started night. with talking about the two people I bashed the most in the first game. That's why I brought him up. Okay. Text says, I thought KP was the big man whisperer. What the hell is he whispering to them? <laughs> well, 
Good question. Texas says, what worries me is Payne's insistence on so many passes and touches before they shoot. The lack, they lack confidence on offense. They look confused and unsure of what they're doing. I saw them pass up wide open looks. Hey, it worked, is, it worked is, for Normandale. And I was about to say this is very Hoosiers. This is very. Hopefully, this is the same thing. Where the where the the townspeople of Hickory and we're we're upset about the five passes. You know, a couple times LLS tries to be red and take the early shot in the possession, and the, the, you know we're like, good, more of that L. And in, in the end, his system's going to wind up working out. Maybe we. I mean, he's trying to break down the Colts and rebuild them. Just wait till Aiden McCool comes in and ice some game winning free throws. <laughs> My team's on the floor. <laughs> I mean, we need to sh- we needed shooter out there telling them that you know about Shaman. I like no no big ones out of m- bunch of mites. They'll shoot you out. They'll shoot you from downtown. Didn't know they grew them so farm down <laughs> small down the ville. Uh, Texas, how is TK feeling right now about his bet with Scoots? I'm. I mean, I haven't seen anything about EMU that made me made, has made me pee my pants. Well, they did win their exhibition game easily. So did we, well. I mean, tell you the last part of the sentence. I should have cut you off sooner. Texas, it's season two of the Ellis show. That's not a good thing. Lands needs to be able to create offense. James looks a bit rusty. I think Lands will. You'll see that as the season goes along. He just looks timid right now. I think he'll be good. Texas, what would Patino do with a passive, out of shape Curry? I don't think Cindy Curry would be here if Rick Pitino was the head coach right now. I don't think he would have made it through the beginning of last year where he was. I don't think Curry would have made it. Curry would have returned this year. No. Yeah, well, he would have. Been, he also wouldn't have made it through the first semester last year when probably. he was, according to millions of reports, not doing anything right uh, and, and being kind of a you – know, there were lots of fights last season behind the scenes, and I think Cindy Curry was involved in some of them. I don't know. I mean, we, could be, we could pause. I mean, who's to say he couldn't turn them into the next Ellis Miles, though? I'm saying if he had behaved the way that he did with Patino at the helm last year, it wouldn't have lasted. If he had shaped up and, and been the Curry that we saw at the end of the year under Patino, then yeah, it could have been certainly an Ellis Miles success story. But he would not put up with Curry looking so in shape at the end of last season and then looking not in shape at the beginning of this season. Like That would have not flown. He wouldn't be playing. Texas says, do you think it would be cool to play Bellarmine at Freedom Hall given the size of the crowds that are currently attending the basketball games at the Yum? I think it would be very cool. No, I, I disagree because in that case, we would be the road team and we will never and ever should be the road team in Freedom Hall. It, it would be too weird. It would be. Yeah, not, That's the only reason I'd be. Uh, I would I would love to see Louisville play again in Freedom Hall, but not against Bellarmine because that's technically Bellarmine's court now and we're not the road. We, we will never be the road team in Freedom Hall. I'm, I'm with you. I, I I wouldn't like it. Texas, I was yelling at that game last night like we're trying to get to an Elite Eight, but I feel like this year we're just going to have to celebrate all the small victories we can and hope that we get to see continual improvement as the season goes on. I think that's probably the right mindset to have going into this year. I was never really nervous with about even about five or six minutes left. I just kind of felt we had to win. Now, when we missed, started missing the free throw up three and then, you know, with yeah. maybe a little but maybe I could see us screwing it up somehow, but I don't know. I just I felt like we had – we had to win. I wasn't really nervous just because, like, winning or losing doesn't. The only reason I wanted to win was to avoid like the embarrassment and all the annoying tweets out there. Like that was my true. Because win or lose in those final minutes, like I'd seen enough to think that like we were still kind of the same team from the first game. Um, but it also I wanted to win for them to have a mental boost because I do think it would take a toll on you to be the Louisville team that lost back to back exhibition games. Winning in anything, I think, is a is a nice little solid mental boost going into the season. So, yeah, I think I definitely wanted to win, but I wasn't like terrified of them. Maybe the first team I guess in school history to go win those exhibition games. Probably. Well, we lost two. Kelly Dickey said we lost two at one point to like in the nineties, like Puerto Rico and athletes in action. We played more exhibition games, I guess. Then, yeah, we used to always. We also would play exhibition games 
after we started playing regular season games. Yeah. Like we would play a few games in November and then our second exhibition would be like early mid December. Because that was the last time we lost an exhibition game. It was in December to that Global Sports All-Stars team. Uh, Texas says, I don't know if a lot of our fans either are just trying to will a good season into existence or think KP is the second coming of John Wooden, but the amount of fans I've seen saying this team can even be in shouting distance of 20 wins is mind-boggling. And if you think that that's unreasonable, all of a sudden you're not a true fan and a KP hater. I am kind of sick of the, you know. What's the definition of shouting distance, though? 17, 18, 19 wins. I mean, I say I say 14 to 18. Is that, is that shouting distance? Is that, If I put 18 as the ceiling? I think 17, 18 would be within shouting distance. Okay. I think anything less is not. But the, like, if you think that if you've watched the first two games and you don't think the season's going to go well, it doesn't mean you're a bad fan. No. Like, I, I mean, I, it's also not like I'm like I'm saying, I told you, I think 13, 14 might be the ceiling for this team. I don't want that to be the case. It's like I'm rooting for that to happen. I'm wrong all the time. I would love to be wrong for the millionth time on the show. I can confirm that. Yeah, I, I think that would be awesome. I would have loved to have. We both would have loved to have been wrong about last season because early on we were like, I don't think this is going to go great. This doesn't seem like, <laughs> like this team may struggle to make the tournament, and that wound up being right. But it doesn't make you a bad fan to have doubts after watching those two games. I think, I mean, it makes you reasonable. To I mean, have, if you watch those first two games, and because you know, some people were trying to, to tell me last night, this was by design. Like we're we're slow playing this. Kenny Payne is he's mixing and matching lineups on purpose to try to have like he doesn't want them to have confidence. He doesn't want to have expectations high. And I oh, I, wow. I don't buy that at all. I don't, I don't either. I think he's mixing and matching. It's because he's trying to find the right mix and match of who to go with. L. Ellis played thirty eight minutes. Well, I mean Ellis is a given. If he was though. slow playing anything, L. Ellis isn't playing thirty eight minutes, and he only yeah. played twenty five the first game because he was in foul trouble the whole night. Like he's. He's trying to win games. He may not be substituting exactly like he will once the games start counting for real next week, but he's not trying to sabotage this. He's not trying to lowball anybody. He's not trying to make this anything other than what it is, which is right now a, a, a gigantic work in progress. Would you have rather seen Miller get a few more minutes or Fabio get a few more minutes last night? I Probably mean, didn't play at all. I know, exactly. I mean, well, I mean, Miller only played two. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, would you like to see them play each maybe a, maybe four or five minutes each just to – it's the sake of maybe giving up the win because you know that, I mean, you, you're going to have to, you can't get 38 minutes out of LLs day in and day out. I mean, that's just not going to happen. There's going to be games where you're going to may have to. I, I know, but there's going to be, you're going to be, whether you want to or not, your hands will be forced in certain games where foul trouble, you would be foul trouble. I mean, knock on wood, not, you know, injury, whatever. If he's healthy, he's playing about four. I mean, so you, I just wonder if last night, I mean, I know you want to get the win, but I'm, I mean, this is one of those games where you're, if you're going to put Miller out there for five minutes, whether we're playing bat, the team's not getting it done or not, you, can you, this is the game to do it, right? Yeah, except I, I think I mean, more so than I think your first, I think your first point is the bigger deal. I, I think Kenny Payne was worried about what losing another exhibition would do to their psyche. I, I agree. I think he, he felt like they they needed to get the win, and that's why you saw LLS play thirty. Because you're right. I mean, if it is more about the long, if he's playing the long game, looking at what's in the best interest of the entire season. He's not playing L. Ellis more than 30 minutes. He's letting Hersey Miller get out there and do things. Maybe he's letting Kamari Land switch over and try to, to yeah. initiate the offense. But we didn't do any of that last night because I think while he was willing to take some liberties with his substitution patterns, he wasn't going to jeopardize giving this team the best chance it had to win the game because he thinks they needed that little boost. And hey, I agree with him. I, if, you, if you're out there thinking about – if you're one of those people that's complaining about the nil, if he's willing to, to bend to – to, to change for the better the long run to get a win, and maybe he was willing to change and start giving out nails sooner than later. Maybe, maybe. He felt that pressure of needing that win last night. 
Texas says, I'm streaming in the natty. I did nothing but cry from three to six yesterday. Sorry. That's because you're in the natty. The <laughs> that's, 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 that's not our God, part. You texted the Boise guy like a long text last night. What were you doing? Because oh. now he just texted back a book. I'm not reading this. Oh, I didn't even, it makes you feel better. I didn't read his response either. He just texted back the same thing. He wants to start. I'm not reading this on air. He's just talking about the stereotypes for Idaho. It's not. It's potatoes, bud. No, it's not. That's what they're known for. Texas, hey, Mike, podcast listener here and big fan of the show. I'll be listening to Friday's show while running the Indianapolis Marathon Saturday morning. God love you. I would love to hear some words of encouragement during my run from the pole vaulting athlete, TK. Here you go. We have a guy who's listening to this right now. He's participating in the Indianapolis Marathon. He's running. He's tired. He needs a pick-me-up. He wants to hear the voice of Trevor Kelsey to get him to this finish line. TK, what do you got? Keep going or you'll end up looking like me. <laughs> and make sure you put Vaseline on your nipples. Because there's nothing worse than chafed nipples. He's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to power him through. Yeah. If you don't finish this race, you will look like me. Headline. Diehard Louisville fan dies in the middle of Indianapolis Marathon. <laughs> I didn't know there was an Indianapolis Marathon. There is. He's running it. Do we have a Louisville Marathon? Well, we have the mini marathon. And, the, and we have an Ironman. And the Ironman. But why don't we have one like it's called Louisville Marathon? Well, the mini marathon is also like you can run the full marathon too. Yeah. Okay. But most a, people just do the mini. It's a Kentucky Derby Festival marathon. But so okay, well, okay, there much, you right? go. Yeah. That's why I was. That's why I was looking for the club. Like you know, you got the Boston Marathon, New York City Marathon. Like I, 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 we we should get one with the city name in it, right? Well, kind of do. It was the, the Ohio Valley Marathon where you just run. You know, you just run through Louisville. You run across the the the, the walk bridge and back. That's it. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Well, they're just around everywhere, everywhere else, too. This it's guy, a long damn bridge, dude. This guy's walking now. He's done. He's done. <laughs> Texas, I'm, lis- I'm listening up on my I'm, I'm listening on my wind up ham radio. Congrats. <laughs> However you're listening. You're on Gilligan's Island. However you're listening, <laughs> we love you. Texas, our recruiting helps, but can uh, Ace recruiting helps, but can he coach hustle and fundamentals? I'm scared that he's going to bring in four and five star guys and end up with the same results that guys like Penny Hardaway, Lorenzo Romar, Jawan Howard, amongst others. Great recruiters, but subpar coaches. Pulling for KP, just a little worried. He's only used to coaching superstars for the most part. Hopefully he adjusts. I like how two of those three examples used were Memphis. Or no, Romar was uh, Washington. Washington. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Finch. Yeah, my bad. I mean, Jawan Howard's been – I don't know why you're using him as an example. He's been great at Michigan so far. I don't know if great would be – He's he's a been fast pretty, and loose with that word. He's been you? pretty damn good so far. That's solid. I mean, he had the one last year with he had last year. What did they? The first year was bad. Then he had the the second year with Beeline on his staff, or not Beeline, but uh, Marriott. Well, Martelli's been there the whole time. I thought he wasn't there the first year. He was there. Okay. I mean, they were going to make the tournament in the first year, and it got canceled by COVID. They won the Big Ten in his second year and went to the Elite Eight. His third year last year, they went to the Sweet Sixteen. I, I don't. I, don't I know. see him going backwards to me. I don't know what's not to like. <laughs> Sounds he's like been, backwards to me. He's been pretty damn good in three seasons at Michigan so far, and they're recruiting at a very high level. They also just got a kid that we wanted in George Washington the third. So I'm not putting. I thought he. I didn't. He went to Michigan. Did, did he decide Michigan? Yeah. Just committed. He committed to Michigan a few days ago. Oh, because you were yep. talking about it being somewhere else, wasn't it? Michigan versus Wake Forest. Oh, was that was. Okay. He went to Michigan. So yeah, I wouldn't. And Penny Hardaway. I, Kind of got it going at the end of last year. You can backpedal a little bit. There. You went from great to pretty damn good. That's great. That's that's a step backwards. Damn good is less than great. I think he's been pretty damn good. He's been great's better than damn good, right? I think he's been pretty. I'll say. I think he's been great at Michigan. Okay. He inherited, and they're going to. They're supposed to be pretty good this year. He, um, I mean, Penny Hardaway. I would say 
I mean, they got pretty good when they kicked Imani Bates off the team or benched him last year. <laughs> He's doing okay. Um, Romar certainly sucked. But, uh, I mean, Johnny Jones, if you want to use no, the— Romar did. I mean, he had some okay. He, I mean, you could say maybe underachieved, I guess, with the talent you say on hindsight. When he went to the one-and-done stuff, he sucked. Yeah. They were they were always bad. I mean, Johnny Jones was the same thing at LSU. Oh, no, Johnny Awful. Jones was bad. Um, That's bad. Gottfried, kind of the same thing. Although he get, he would get one-and-done talent with, like, three-star talent around him. But the the— Shaka, would you say Shaka was bad when he was doing the one and done stuff too, especially at Texas? He never really got those types of guys though. He got he had like three years in a row where he had one and done centers. He he would get big guys, but his like he, his problem was he would get four star guards that just never panned out. Yeah. So he was going after the wrong one and done. Yeah. And he also had guys that that came there not expected to be one and dones that kind of turned themselves into one and dones. But uh, the, the Texas overall point I agree with. I, I think that you've seen that not everybody can do the four and five star one-and-done type player and turn it into a, a great college team. I think that that's where you have to tip your cat to Calipari. He always somehow gets the guys to put the team first and doesn't have bad attitudes. It's it's impressive. No, but his one title team also was you had guys like Miller. I, and, I'm aware. I'm, I'm just saying, like, he does it better when they have multiple one-and-dones as far as, like, putting their egos aside. I think not everybody else can, can make that happen. Texas says, my zero faith is based not only on the two exhibition games but the disappointment in the portal. So far, disappointment on the recruiting trail. And the fact that KP won't offer NIL. Somebody offer just won't give it to somebody that's earned it, apparently. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see what happens with the NIL stuff long term. I'm not willing to say that this is a gigantic concern yet. If we go through another recruiting cycle and the evidence piles up that like kids are wanting NIL stuff, like if, if Elliot Cadeau, I'll use that example again since we talked about it earlier this week, if he goes to Syracuse, and he's basically straight up like, it was a bidding war. They won. Louisville didn't give me anything. Then I get very, very start to get concerned about that. Because if everyone else is playing the game and we're not, we're going to get left behind. I'm, the, the, the recruiting thing is a concern, but it's more of a concern of, of how I feel about Kenny Payne as a coach. And I'm not going to probably be more established in that thought process till more like February. I want to watch. I want to. I, I want to watch and keep watch. I'm not, you know, I may, I may be negative or positive in, in game by game situation, but come February near the end of the season is when I'll I'll decide where I feel on the Kenny Payne as a, as a coach. I still, I said it before, and I'm going to try to hold true to it, no matter how bad the season goes. I'm going to wait and see how recruiting goes and how next season goes before I I, I jump to anything rash. Now, if it's if it's atrocious, if, if this team wins like five games and they look just completely lethargic. In, in later then, in the season as well, yeah. yeah I th- then I think you can start to, to maybe panic a little bit, especially if the 2023 class is not what we're hoping it's for and it looks like 2024 is not going to go better. But we're we're premature on all that stuff. Like, like that's Let's wait and see how this plays out. I'm willing to, to give this some time. Even though the exhibitions haven't been great, recruiting may not have gone the way we'd like it to, it's still very early. We've been... You know, out of the NCAA handcuffs for 24 hours now. Let's we'll calm down a little bit. Texas, since we lost out on George Washington the third, but defeated Thomas Jefferson's University of Virginia, <laughs> is this game against James Madison for the Presidents Cup? I like that text. I like that. That's a good text. Yes, it is. Is the answer. <laughs> Texas says no matter how I, no matter how upset I am with Louisville athletics, that Charlie Wilson's appliance commercial makes me feel awesome. Charlie Wilson's appliance. R.I.P. Charlie, we love you. Texas, whatever knobs that y'all pushed at the 4 o'clock commercial break, you've now gone into in-and-out streaming. Tell the card soccer to get out of your studio and out to the tower. 
and fix the knobs. That's the only person who's saying that. So, hopefully, it's the only one having problems. Yeah, Texas, you may have answered this already, but where would you put the spread versus Bellarmine? I think Louisville will be 11, 12 point favorite. I say eight. You may laugh at that, but here I'm cheating because it always goes right off of Ken Palm, and Ken Palm has us winning the game by 13. So I'm saying it'll be double digits. It may get bet down, but it'll be a double digit spread, and it's going to come out and get. Here's another prediction for you. Every Louisville fan in the world is going to be like, oh, put all your money on Bellarmine. <laughs> Bet the house on Bellarmine. The Every easy one. Here we go. Because we, it, you know, no spread has ever been right in the history of gambling. It's always, oh, I'm betting my life savings on Louisville or bet the house on whoever Louisville's playing. I mean, I can't wait to see the, just the change of attitude when we come, we come out and like, beat Bellarmine by like 28. Here's, like the, I say this loving the Davenport. Troy, Troy just thought about it. He did. Like, Doug's mm-hmm. is a good friend of mine. I love Scotty. He's been on the show multiple times. This Bellarmine team, I guarantee they'll get as much out of them as they possibly can. They lost a lot from last year. They, I mean, Dylan Penn might wind up being the America East Player of the Year because he transferred to, to Vermont. They lost I mean, a, a bunch of their leading scorers and the, kind of their, their floor general from last year. They are 242 on Ken Palm. I know Bellarmine, they always get the most out of what they got. They are limited this year going into it. They'll be good long-term. They've got a couple of young players that they're going to kind of throw out there into the fire. But it's not it's not like losing to last year's Bellarmine team would have been. This would be a, 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 a this would be a bad loss. We lost to Lenore Ryan. We did. We barely beat Shamanon. If we beat anybody by 25 or more, it is party in the street with Mick, Mick, with, with Mick Jaggers and David Bowie all over again. They should be able to win this game. I, I won't say handily. They, sh- they shouldn't lose this game. It's hard to say we'd beat anybody handily. I mean. Bellarmine is, if you look at Ken Palm, they're the second worst team on Louisville's schedule this year, um, ahead of only Florida A&M. These first three games, you've got two teams that are 197 or lower. These are three of the worst four opponents on your schedule. You need to – I'm setting the bar low here. <laughs> you need to start 3-0 and because once you go to Maui – it gets awfully tough in a hurry. All three of those games, you're going to be an underdog in. You come back home, you've got Maryland in the Big Ten Challenge. You you finish that, you've got back-to-back ACC games against Miami and Florida State. You finish that, you got a Western Kentucky team that whooped you last year and probably should be better this year. Then you get a little bit of a break with Florida, A&M, and Lipscomb, and then it's NC State, Kentucky, and the ACC starts. There is no wiggle room here. If, you don't, if we're going to get to... 13, 14, 15 more wins this year, you got to get the first three. If you can't get all the first three, no way in hell you're getting to 13, 14, 15. I'll say that. I know the team will get better, but everybody else is going to get better too. Is that is that is that bar so low that I can vault over it? No, not that low. <laughs> it's off the ground. You almost have to bury it. <laughs> Texas said, Mike, on the pod today concerning Scott's D, it's been a week and a half and I can't stop riding it. Truly a laugh-out-loud moment. Go Cards, beat everyone. Oh, it's fun to ride. I did say that on the podcast. I'm not getting off Scott's D. No, I'm not either. I'm beating this thing into the ground. It's you know, it's you know, It was funny to me a week and a half ago when we started doing it. It's still funny to me now. I'm riding this D as far as it'll take me. <laughs> I'm, it's funny as long as we're it's playing well and we're, it's, it's doing its job and we're, we're, we're getting the victory. You don't just throw away a bad D. No. Or a good D. You, you, you ride the D for all it's worth. I mean, it comes in spurts. I mean, sometimes you know, sometimes it needs to take you know, Gatorade break. But as long as it's doing what it's supposed to do, I've got no need to find another D. No need to find another joke. 
I you see that his in, he said his involvement has been minimal. He's now he's just downplaying he's it. He's just he's so humble. He is, is. The, is the thing. I mean, we know how nice he is for keeping Brian Brown on the staff this long to begin with. So we know he's a nice guy. It's like you know, here's the deal. Everybody's talking about the stream today working, all that stuff. I said after we had a meeting yesterday after the show, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to focus less on hosting. I'm going to start trying to implement myself a little bit more on the production side, the tech side. Um, Patrick may have to do more talking on the show, but I'm going to. I'm just going to let people know that I'm 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 helping out with the stream services and everything else. Now I'm I'm not doing everything, but if you want to give me all the credit, yeah. You know, I've, I have learned some things. I just wanted Trevor to know how it looks from my side of things. Just kind of some things that maybe he could look at, work on, just from, you know, it's always good to get a second viewpoint. So. Did you bleephole just call me Brian Brown? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's not all me. I think I found an insult that I don't like. It's just working perfectly now that I've started helping out on that side. So, you know. I'd rather be McGriff. Well, well, you you do constantly beg for your job back, so <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> no, that's actually not. I've tried to bet. I've been more. I've been more at some points like Jason Alexander and then uh, George Costanza, trying to get fired from the Yankees. Like walk around, walk around. Oh, these, these who's, what preacher's pants were these? <laughs> do do we talk about football next segment? Yes. Texted I had a lot of bad things to say about your station and Trevor yesterday when the stream was down. I apologize. I love the show. I just want to listen to more of it. Look, you were mad because you love. I feel like it's radio rage. Like when you're driving, you just cuss out everyone around you. It was a big day for the show yesterday, and it was not ideal that it didn't work. It was a lot of people reached out there. For the record, we were on the air. We were on the air. We just weren't on the stream. Yeah. The amount of people who reached out, they're like, you got to do something. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, pick it? Like, <laughs> say I'm not coming to work anymore? Like, there's only so much I can do here. Um, <laughs> you should protest. I'm like, well, I mean, it's my job. You're right. standing out there by yourself with a sign. They're not going to pay me not to work. <laughs> no stream, no talk. <laughs> <laughs> Texas, Scott's D always secures the V. Oh, yeah. Texas, Mike, I don't know what you're smoking, but after watching us lose to one D2 school and struggle to beat another, I'm having a hard time finding 10 wins. 13th in the ACC sounds too high to me. I mean. I mean, I said 13-14 was the ceiling. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, there's, there's, there's reason to believe that we were improving. We went from a loss to a win. Obviously, we're getting better, right? Texas, let me be the first. Put your mortgage on Bellarmine. <laughs> Texas, Mike, does Mary know you're riding all this D? Everyone, the whole city is. We love Scott's dude. Texas, when's the last time? I'm not going to read that. Oh, no. I want to know what it says. When's the last time Trevor had sex with another person? Well, now you got to be technical about it. You don't have to. You don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take a break. Uh, For free count? (laughs) Does it have to be for free? We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little James Madison. You guys have already shared some thoughts. We can get to yours as well. And also some James Madison, the person, fun facts for uh, presidential expert TK back there. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues next here on The Big X. Not a soul in sight The city's looking like a ghost town On a moonless summer night The 
raindrops on the windshield. There's a star moving. I like the song. I love it. He's heading back from somewhere that he never can't beat old school Garth. And in the Thunder Road. Just a great story song. Who was like, you know what? This song's great. We gotta put actual thunder in the back. <laughs> There's one thing we need. You just got his like new Casio. Rick Rubin walks in like, eh, thunder. <laughs> like Ross playing the sounds from his uh, keyboard. Is like Ross even around with thunder? No, I was saying Ross from Friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. The dinosaur noises. The laser. I can get you some thunder. Oh, he's hoping she's not right. Hoping it's the weather that's kept him out all night. But it wasn't. He's banging hoes. Through <laughs> the weird Albert. And he's banging hoes. <laughs> we said that. <laughs> and the lightning strike. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Now I'm never gonna not sing that when I hear this. Song. Sorry, I'm gonna be driving around. This is what I do to people. I ruin songs for them forever. That's that's how it works. Uh, that's good stuff, though. Did you know Trevor Kelsey? Probably not. James Madison is the smallest president of all the presidents in American history. Really? Care to venture a guess as to how tall he was? Five foot three. Five foot four. Okay, I was close. Weighed just 100 pounds. Really? Little guy. Very little. Five four, 100 pounds. That is tiny. Five four, 100 pounds. Uh, known widely as the, you know, the engineer of the Bill of Rights. Described as the father of the Constitution. Of course. He also one time. While enjoying a Sunday drive, was once arrested with Thomas Jefferson because carriage riding was illegal on Sundays. Uh, were they riding dirty? They were riding dirty on Sunday. <laughs> there's, 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 I mean, five, about 100 pounds. I think I was going to say he might be smoking a crack pipe. <laughs> Last fun fact. George Washington's first speech as president of the United States, written by James Madison. Oh, uh-huh. that's how he got to be the fourth president. That is right. That is correct. Yeah. He messed it up when Rashawn was here. Did he say Monroe before Madison? I don't know. I just know I corrected him. Mm. Madison, also, the, the last thing, this actually, I, I knew oh, this. This is a trivia. Where was. I'm just using fun facts. Okay. I knew this before uh, we started talking. This is, so Thomas Jefferson and John Adams famously both died on 4th of July, right? Of course. They had the whole thing with it. You know, they were enemies, they were, they were villains. They kind of became friends later in life. They wrote letters back and forth, and uh, famously, John Adams' last words were reportedly, Jefferson lives, even though he didn't know that Jefferson had died like 15 minutes earlier. They both died the same day. So it was late June. Madison was very sick, and the doctors were like, we can keep you alive until July 4th. It'll be the, it was the 60th anniversary of Independence Day. We can keep you alive. You can go out like Adams and Jefferson before you. And he was like, no, just let me die. And so he died like in, on June 28th. Why not? He had just he had no. I would have gone for the fourth, I yeah, I or like, maybe the fifth. Just make it one day longer <laughs> than those a holes. Nah, I don't mind. I, be your own man. Okay. Uh, fun facts. Two fun. Sorry. Fa- two fun facts about the actual football team, James Madison. One. This is kind of a wild fact. They've played seven games this season. Zero first quarter points allowed. Have not allowed a single point in the fourth quarter of any game. Say first or fourth. I'm sorry. First. Okay. No first quarter points. So if Louisville jumps out to an early lead tomorrow, they will be doing something that no James Madison opponent has done before them. Okay. Second fact, less about football. First time in the history of Louisville football, over 100 years of Cardinal football, that we are playing a school whose name starts with the letter J. 
Really? Really. In football? In football. Yeah, we, basketball we've played plenty. Yeah. Um, You're trying to think of one now. You're not going to do it. I mean, I'm just trying to think of what's Jacksonville? Cool. No. Jacksonville State? No. Jackson State? No. <laughs> you seem to have a trend there with your examples. Well, <laughs> not that many schools with J's to start their names. We don't have a state with J. I guess there isn't really, is there? No. Huh. Not that many. I was about to be Georgetown, but that would sound stupid. How differently do you feel about tomorrow's <laughs> game now that you've heard these things? Um, no different. <laughs> no, I would hope not. You haven't changed. <laughs> now, now, I'm, now we're screwed. <laughs> you just remind me. We uh, one time we were playing like the name game thing, where it was like you know you. I'm not worried about the latter thing because I mean everybody knows D's before J. Damn right. And A becomes before D. Okay. A's better than D. Okay. Uh, do you want more? I, I can find you more facts. Oh, I need more. James Madison was introduced to his wife, Dolly, by Aaron Burr, famously the murderer of uh, Alexander Hamilton. Not murder, but killed him in a duel. Well, it was a duel that didn't count as murder. Exactly. Like, uh, what is Aaron Burr? Why, why, he deserves the musical, man. Well, he kind of he got He's one. like heavily featured in the Hamilton musical. Yeah, yeah but I'm They try to paint an accurate picture of him. Madison and Burr, classmates at Princeton. Madison and Burr sounds like a cool band name. There was a 17-year age difference between um, James and Dolly, Madison. Hope for you, TK. James was 43 years old when they got married. Dolly was just 26. Yeah, but but he probably, his height and weight probably looked as young as she did. Maybe. Maybe. How old was she? was 36? 26. 26. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, in the 1800s, that's like, she's like a step for wife at that point. Yeah. I mean, she's like, she's like a grandma. <laughs> uh, Madison's likeness did appear on U.S. currency once. You may, you may be like, Where, "Where's James Madison now? He's not in my purse, not in my wallet." But there was a He's very, there was a very rare five thousand dollar bill that James Madison was on. Some are still in circulation. I got one. A bill in very good condition went for one hundred thousand dollars at an auction back in twenty ten. Damn, I wish my two dollar bill was that valuable. So it's really a one hundred thousand dollar bill, basically. Yes. Uh, Madison, a man of few hobbies. Unlike George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, who had numerous pursuits outside of work, Madison only liked to play chess and read Latin and Greek literature in their original languages. What a nerd. Let's beat these guys into oblivion on I don't know. Now I'm starting to like the guy more. Did he read the Latin literature? No, he's a— Remind you of yourself? Because he's a a homebody. Little, little, you know, little— Didn't get married until he was 43. Yeah, but he was like, made her married, still got the younger girl. I mean, it was president. He the One fact that they also have in here, we don't know what he liked to eat, which is not like you at all. Uh, biographers know a lot more about the meals that Dolly Madison served at social functions. One theory is that Madison liked Virginia ham, but he only weighed 100 pounds and stood 5 foot 4 inches I tall. like Virginia ham. Theory implies there's just dudes sitting in a room just Basically. theorizing what he eat. Exactly, which is so weird to think about, but that's okay. America's slightly small. He also was always sick. That was the other thing that people know about him. Sick all the time. That, I mean, it sounds like we're two kindled spirits. You're not sick all the time. Um, some, it depends mentally, physically. It depends on your perspective. Yeah, I agree with that. He was the first <laughs> graduate student at the University of at Princeton University. He went to Princeton. He once lost an election because he didn't give alcohol to voters. Look, look at that. The man has the man has standards. Now we are less alike, I guess. He did not like the Bill of Rights initially, and then he ended up writing it. Both of his vice presidents died in office. George Clinton, Funkadelics, uh, and Elbridge Gary. George Clinton's dead? He's dead. Died a long time ago, 1812. 
He was one of the only presidents to accompany troops into battle. Okay. And one of his slaves wrote the first White House memoir. You you came with the facts for James Madison. There you go. You tell me this much about the actual team? No. (laughs) (laughs) The big question, as far as the team is concerned, let's start with the actual game. It's hard to talk about the game and and what to expect when we don't know the status of their quarterback. Um, Robert Santeo is the James Madison quarterback. He transferred in from Colorado State. He's ranked ranked as the uh, I said Robert Todd Centeno. Yeah, I was different. Yeah, Pro Football Focus has him ranked as the like highest rated quarterback in the country right now. He does a lot like with his legs. He's been a good thrower. The backup that they played last week, I say last week, it was actually two weeks ago against Marshall um, Atkins, Billy Atkins, was bad. They could not move the ball. They couldn't score at all. The offense looked woeful without Centeno back there. And we don't know if he's going to play tomorrow. So it's kind of it's a totally different game if he does. I'm assuming he's going to, just the way that they've talked about him this week. And I think it's the Signetti, the coach, playing this close to the vest. Um, they also have been without their left and right tackles recently. And even when they've been healthy, their offensive line has been pretty bad at protecting Santeo. They rank 116th in the country when it comes to pass protection. We obviously are the number one team in the country when it comes to sacks, number two in tackles for loss. Let's make sure we get on them. They have a very good run defense. We've got Tyon Evans back, hopefully healthy. Let's try to keep that going. Their scoring offense is 18th in the country. Their passing offense is 14th in the country. They're great at moving the ball, but they also they do give up big negative plays because they do struggle in pass protection. That's kind of been our MO. I think the, the blueprint's right out there. Play the same way we've been playing in recent weeks. Don't give up the big plays that you gave up in, in BC and against BC and Florida State. If we can do what – I mean, obviously, if you can force eight turnovers last week. But if you can just well, minimize the big plays the way that you did the last three weeks, I feel good about this defense giving yet another strong performance. That's kind of – James Madison has been an explosive play offense, when, at least when they're playing well the first five games of the season. Limit that. I don't think they should be an offense that can just march right down the field on us like some of the teams we played earlier this I mean, season. I can see them, depend, especially if the quarterback's going to play and it's healthy. I mean, I can see them getting some points on us here and there. I mean, they are they have been exposed, but then again, they they have not been challenged by a defense that has played as well as ours have those last three no. weeks. They haven't played a defense as good as ours has last is, has been the last three weeks all season, even close to it. So, I mean, it, that I do still. While I mean, Scotty's Scott Steve's been utterly impressive. It has. It, I mean, it it has been known to you know kind of curve to the right or left sometimes, and then. In that case, you know, I could see us giving up some points. I think this offense is probably better than also the the offenses short of West Virginia, Wake Forest, excuse me, that we played into the last three weeks. So that's I think I'm not gonna prediction, but I do have high I do have high expectations for tomorrow's game. I just hope it's not me being high. I hope so too. Uh, James Madison on the season, including the last two weeks, um, where their offenses been well, stymied a little bit. Last week they were. Bad. So I said, yeah, with, with the Atkins kid at quarterback, they couldn't do anything against Marshall. But still, for the season, even with that game tossed in, they're averaging 480.7 yards per game, 6.2 yards per play, 28.7 points per game. Again, 14th in scoring, 18th in total offense, 25th in passing, and 31st in rushing offense. It's, it's a good offense, but like you mentioned, they have not seen a defense with 
No. The and, type of talent that Louisville's And has. the two of the games, I think, didn't they put up 60 on somebody, I think, at one point this year? Like McNeese State or something. Is that right? I don't have the schedule in front of and me. And then they played Middle Tennessee, who, I mean, they held them to seven, which is somewhat impressive because, you know, Middle Tennessee can, but they put, they, they were able to put up close to 50 in that game. Middle Tennessee doesn't guard anybody. Yeah, they put – they started the season, they beat Middle Tennessee 44-7. to seven. Yeah, which, I mean, Middle Tennessee does, lets everyone score, so, I mean. Besides Miami. Um, 63-7 yeah, right. to seven against Norfolk State. 32-28 over App State. 40-13 to 13 over Texas State. 42-20 to 20 over Arkansas State. And they lost but still scored 38 against Georgia Southern. And then last week was the, the Marshall 26-12 final game. Yeah, Marshall's the closest thing to a decent defense they've played. Now, but it's hard to, you know, without But without, without the quarterback, Santeo. it is kind of hard to judge. I agree. But, I mean, I, I just there should you should be confident. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first. What is your confidence level going into this game? I'm at like a, I'm going to say 7.4. It's an unusual point number. Usually you go like five or. I think they should take care of business. I am. I'm concerned by the spread movement just because it's moved in weird ways the last few weeks and it's wound up being right. And for, and fortunately, it's been in our favor. We didn't understand why you know the, the spread kept going down against Wake. We didn't understand why we were favored against Pitt. Uh, we didn't understand why we were favored against Virginia. We won all three of those games and covered easily. Um, I, I, that does make me a little bit nervous. I think people just see this as a trap game. They see James Madison as a team that was riding high until injuries took control. They've had a bye week in between the loss to Marshall and Saturday. I think my comfort level, though, with this team is they've been humbled enough in recent years. They, there's no way they should have a big head going into this game. There's no there's no excuse for them to come into this being like, we've won three ACC games. We're clearly top 25 good. We're going to roll all over yeah, this James this Madison team. Sunbelt team. You know that they were in the top 25 just a few weeks ago. You know that you can get beat by anybody. You know that you've had ups and downs consistently. The, the most consistent thing about this program has been their inconsistency for the last four years so to finally get three wins in a row if you walk on the field just thinking you can beat somebody by showing up this team has to know that that's going to get them beat so I, mean, I, I i can't imagine they're going to have big heads going to this game and that makes me feel confident i mean you lost to boston college you lost to boston college you got James hammered Madden. by syracuse when everybody thought you were going to win i mean at least syracuse has turned out to be good boston college is is the worst team on the schedule Right, but I'm just saying, like, mindset-wise. They went into that Syracuse game. Everybody thought they were going to win. They were favored, and they got their asses kicked. Yeah, Syracuse ended up being better than we thought they were going to be, but they should have learned in that game that you can't just show up and beat anybody. And James Madison has been top 25 good at one point this season. They are fully capable of winning this game if you show up and just don't play Cardinal football. And that that is something to worry, because, I mean, the Boston College game came after we just demolished South Florida. Right. And, I mean, we could say we went in that game maybe head inflated for no reason whatsoever because you had a losing record. But nonetheless, I guess you were probably 500 at the time. But coming off that big win, I, that that you got me a little worried there thinking that I just hope not to. That, you know, hey, we we just won three in a row. We just blew out the number 10. I don't 10. think they're going to do that. I, I mean, really we, just, we just destroyed the number 10 team in the country. We, we, what should we have concerns with with, the, with James Madison? I mean, who's James Madison? The wife of a, of a of a cupcake maker, I mean, come on, I mean, who what, what we what we got to care about James Madison? Just, I sure as hell hope not, and it it, it would be sad too because if if, if this team and, and Scott D comes up limp, then this three games flush down the toilet. Yeah, it, it would it would ruin all the positive momentum that you have, and let's not just gloss over the fact that winning this game on Saturday guarantees that you're going to a bowl game. Something that seemed like a certainly not a 
sure thing just a few weeks ago. We, you know, I didn't think we, that we were going to get six wins after the BC game. I thought five and seven was probably the most likely result. Um, some people were saying we're only going to win three games. We may stay at two and ten. To get to six wins here with three to play, no small thing. And, and if you lose, then all of a sudden it's not just like panic and losing all the momentum from your three-game winning streak evaporating. It's we're playing three games where we might be underdogs in all three of them. We might not go to a bowl game at this point. We could lose out and go five and seven and have all the you know, the positive vibes surrounding the program completely out the window when the season's over. So you want to go ahead and get this victory, shore that up, and then take your best shot in those last three games. Defensively, by the way, for James Madison, number 10 in the country in total defense, number 25 in scoring defense. Opponents are only scoring 20.9 points per game against them. They're great against the run. Number one in the country, they're allowing 54.9 yards per game on the ground. They're not as good against the pass. 79th in the country, they're allowing 238.4 yards through the air, which once again says, and it bears repeating, they've played the 131st toughest schedule in the FBS. There are only 133 FBS teams in the country. Yeah, I believe So that. those numbers, a little, not maybe, they are a little bit inflated by the schedule that they've played. But philosophy-wise, this defense, once again, is going to do what so many defenses against Louisville have tried to do, take away the run game, minimize big plays from Malik with his legs, make him beat you with his arm. I know that they have struggled through the air, the secondary has. I still think that's your best bet if you're if you're James Madison because Malik has been very off and on. Louisville's receivers are not dynamic. They've struggled to gain separation. You don't you you want to make sure that we that Louisville can't beat you the way that they've beaten the last three opponents, which has been turnovers, some defensive scores, and then a couple of big plays on the ground. If Malik's going to throw for 350 against you, make him prove it. And I think that that's probably what you're going to see from the James Madison defense, and it's it's a smart thing. Um, it's also a team that just, I mean, I know their first year and they're 5-2 this year, but it's also a team that in the last three years going leading into this under the, under, under the coach, that they, uh, I forget his name, Sinagi. Sinetti, uh, yeah. Sinetti, yeah. I know, I remember his dad. His dad used to coach at West Virginia. But uh, his dad actually took over for Bobby Bowden at West Virginia. A little fun fact. Really? Yeah. Um, and his brother, I think, is the offensive coordinator at Pittsburgh. Then that, that does make you feel a little better, maybe. But uh, I mean, the last two years they were in Division Two. I mean, this team that went undefeated, I think, the year before last, and then like went one loss like last year, and lost in the national championship and semifinals in Division Two runs. So, yeah. Point being is they know how to win. They do. They have and a culture win. And that's something that is, you know, I know it's it's not it's something you can't. You got. Why did we get. schedule this game? Why? And this why, and why, we're a local why? team. That we get in the fourth quarter and it's a close game. Sometimes we don't maybe, I mean... I, you said, I mean, the one thing that we still have yet to do during this winning streak, we've won all of these games by 14 points or more, which is great. But we've talked so much about Scott Satterfield's struggles at Louisville in one-score games. And, and Malik's. Like, you don't want to blame them for pulling away from Pitt and having... Like, Pitt was a game that you trailed going into the fourth quarter, so you don't want to fault the team for you know winning that quarter 17 to nothing and winning by 14 points. But you would like to see them... I mean... We still haven't had, been in that situation where you're down three, got the ball with less than four minutes to go, go down the field, get a score, win the game. We still haven't had that type of situation even during the streak. James Madison, in a weird way, that's in their DNA right now more than Louisville is. Like They have found ways to win close games in the past. They expect to win close games when they get to the fourth quarter. Louisville, not so much. Now, you hope that that's starting to change with this current winning streak, but... It still makes me a little bit nervous. Has Malik ever had a fourth quarter game winning drive? We have you've asked We've that question this so many times. times. Okay, we we looked at it all the way Boston up. Boston College. Thank you, Pat. Like three years ago, twenty nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. And then he had the 
Virginia well, one last year where they missed the field goal. Yeah, that's, that's well, that would be a no to that one. Man. That's what we've come up with when that question has come up before. But it wasn't Malik's fault, is what I was saying. Yeah, uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, five o'clock hours in the way. More about James Madison. We can talk more about hoops if you want to. Text us at five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Before we break, though, reminder: if you have financial needs, only one place to go. First Bankers Trust. They work with you individually. They're going to help you meet all of your financial goals. To find out how they can do it, go to firstbankerstrust.com. They'll tell you about their wide range of services, including investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, and financial planning, beating James Madison, beating Chaminade, making money, doubling that money. It all starts with one word, trust, First Bankers Trust. Firstbankerstrust.com. We'll take a break. Five o'clock hours up next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. And the thunder rolls. And the thunder rolls. The thunder rolls. And the lightning strikes. Another love grows cold. On a sleepless night. As the storm blows on. Cave Rock upset at the Roll Baker's Cup. Roll with it, baby. Upset the big favorite. Who got upset? Cave Rock upset at the Baker's Cup. By I actually saw this horse earlier today. It was Forte, and I was like, "Are you Cave?" Yeah, nobody cares about the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> I, I saw it. I was like, "All the people in Lexington are gonna bet like this horse." Because like, at first I thought it was Forty, and he wrote this bad stuff about U of L yesterday. It's actually Forte, written by a, a Rad Ortiz, hottest jockey in the game right now. Matt Forte. Huge upset. Takes out Cave Rock there in the second to last race. Of course, big day of racing tomorrow at there at Keeneland. Tenth uh, race coming up next, but that's a that's a pick four buster, pick five buster for a lot of people out there. Huge upset. And I was in Los Angeles. I listened to Cave Rock. Cool. Welcome into the 5 o'clock hour <laughs> of the uh, Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. At 5.30, reminder, we'll do our pick segment. As always, high school game of the week. We'll do uh, the local games of note, WKU, Indiana, Kentucky, and Louisville, and uh, then the big games of the weekend in college football. Before then, we have plenty to talk about. We've spent the show talking about Chaminade, last night's game, recapping that. Spent most of the first hour there. Uh, last segment, a lot of talk about James Madison, previewing tomorrow night's game, which is becoming, it feels wrong to be like, huge game. We've played all these big games recently, and the next three are certainly sexier names. But it is a big game in terms of if Scott Satterfield has, in fact, righted the ship and changed the direction of the program and solidified himself as the guy to lead this program moving forward, you can't lose this game. Uh, I know Louisville's just a touchdown favorite. Again, you'd love to have this be a traditional true buy game where the cards are playing EKU, Indiana State, Murray State, no disrespect to them, but much easier opponents than respect, respect. James Madison, a program that you're paying $680,000 to come here and play this game where you're only a touchdown favorite. If they come in here, take your money, take your season, take your upward trajectory, 
that's going to be a bitter pill to swallow. And then TK will come in here on Monday and rail against Vince Tyree, who scheduled the game. So you have, you would have that to look forward to. At least there would Win be. Win or that. lose, I wouldn't do that anyway. I mean, I'm he took us to the IRP, Trevor. He's he, having a good week. He balanced the budget, right? He's having a good week. Let him have his moment. Let him feel good. Uh, he will not if we lose this game. Uh, but that's where we've been today. We've, we've been all over the place. We do want to hear from you, 502-414-1450. I mean, you can fill in the blank with, you know, you, you can't lose this game because of this. You can't lose this game because of that. You can't lose that. this game. You, the, the bottom line, yeah, you can't. it doesn't matter what your narrative is. Can't. You just can't lose this game. And I don't even care whether we come in with a three-game winning streak or a three-game losing streak. You can't lose this game. You, you don't, don't get to that point where, I mean, while the season has, has been turned around, You'll never want to be at that. We just lost to a team in their first in Division One level. I watched Kentucky do it to UL Monroe back in the nineties. I mean, you don't. That, of course, that was the year they went one in ten, and then their only win was against us, and they lost ten straight. Yeah, a little bit different. But you still don't want to be. You don't want to lose that first year school in D one. You just don't. It, it, don't do it. It's it's why scheduling the game was so silly because people think about it the way that you just described it, which is it doesn't matter that it's a good team. It's James Madison, right? Yeah. You get no bonus points. You get no extra brownie points for playing a good FCS team, now a good group of five team. So you may as well schedule the bleepiest possible FCS team because if somebody sees on the bottom line ticker Louisville 70, Indiana State 10, even though that Indiana State team may be abysmal, they still look at that as more of a positive than Louisville 30, James Madison 17, even though that may be a far more impressive win. You get no bonus points for playing teams like this, and now you have a team in James Madison that's made the move to the FBS level, done it pretty seamlessly, is 5-2, and two, was in the top 25 when they were fully healthy, and may come to your place, beat you, not just embarrass you on the bottom line, but wreck what had been a really positive three-week stretch for you. Like This is a, it's a dangerous game. It's an unnecessary game. You don't need to take this risk. Your schedule is tough enough already. When you lose this game, you get remembered. Like, App State was one of the best Division II teams. Has gone on to move to Division I, produced multiple coaches and students, including ours. Has been very successful at this Division I level. And yet you still think about them. The Michigan lost to them. And you it's, do. And it's a joke. It's a person. I mean, we talked about Vautech. I mean, was it this team? Was it James Madison they lost to a couple years ago or got a game from? James Madison, I think, beat them several years ago. I mean, they, they, hell, they lost to Old Dominion this year. Yeah, so, it's true, yeah. yeah. I, I want to say, well, yeah, it was. Because I remember them losing to a Virginia school. I think it was James Madison. It's been longer than a few years ago. Maybe it's been like 10, but I do remember them losing to one. Yeah, it was. Or at least they got a game from one. It was maybe. 2010, yeah. Okay, yeah. That is, wow, I got that right on one. Been a while, but they did win 21-17. to Um that was kind of when Virginia Tech started. It became an annual thing for them to lose a game like this. I just remember it also coming off just a few years removed from the App State thing, and you started to wonder if it was going to be a yeah. be a trend or not, which it wasn't. But Yeah, it, don't schedule these games. It's silly. We did it. I don't think we should have. Thankfully, we're going to get back to to playing more traditional buy games moving forward. But Saturday? <laughs> Gotta love you, Murray State. We need we need you. We need you, Indiana State. Murray and Moorhead, We Indiana, need you, yeah. EKU. We, we, we need you. I mean, you, you got to both go for the team that you know you're going to win. Plus, you got to give local love, right? I mean, hell, you, you get Mitch Barhart over here saving the state of football by playing these games. Remember? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> His explanation? We wouldn't play Louisville because we have to keep football alive at the FCS level. They need these games to sustain their program. It's who we are. It's what we do. We're givers. They're philanthropic, like like you if you go to First Bankers Trust. They uh, they, they love – they're single-handedly keeping football afloat. That's what Mitch Barnhart's doing by not playing Louisville but continuing to play Look at that. He's EKU. keeping it afloat. He's saving its soul by refusing to sell beer. Yeah. The man just – is there anything he's he a can't? giver. 
Is there anything you can't do other than unbutton that top button? He's a giver. Uh, 502-414-1450. Texture uh, wanted us to know that, the unfortunately, the KDF Marathon does go across the bridge to southern Indiana. It's a terrible course. There's your hot <laughs> marathon take for today. I mean, because you can't have people come across it like, both ways, right? That's, that that would be just utter... Com- just chaos. Yeah, chaos. Just cheating. That'd be you. You just turn around like in the middle of the pack going the other way. <laughs> that'd be... I mean, if there was anyone that ever did cheat on that'd be the, the woman that did the Boston Marathon back in like the late 80s. Took the cab and got out like right near the finish line. No one noticed. And they thought she won the Boston Marathon. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that would have been me. But no, I mean, I guess you go across one way. You, you could close down 2nd Street, right? I don't know. I mean, they're already closing down the Sherman Mitten anyway, pretty much for construction. I mean, is it okay to run on and... I mean, it's questionable whether you can drive on it. Uh, Texas says, Mike and TK, what TK fast food order is our team like right now? I'm assuming this is football. Football or basketball? I mean, basketball, I don't even want to think about it. Oh, ba- basketball, we're, 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 a, uh, we're a chicken sandwich with all the, with the lettuce, tomato, and everything put on it, which makes it means ruined. I'm I was like, going to say you're a filet of fish with bacon and tartar yeah, sauce. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's a play with tartar on it. Uh, I can scrape it off, but I don't really want to still eat it. Football, we're like a Jagger's chicken sandwich right now. I'm gonna stop about leaving early. I'm gonna go to Jaggers today for the show too. <laughs> so you're you're hooked. I mean, because it's not that far from here. Buy it, stock. It, it's right up Dutchman's. It's a, kind of a quick shot from here. It is. It's you can be there in six minutes. I can, you timed it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, I live right there. I'm usually home in about six seven minutes. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to that. Yeah, Texas. I'm listening to the show through uh, conducting electricity through Pat Forty Salty Tears. <laughs> Forty just yeah he, he got he got ratioed pretty hard. Oh it, poor forty. It was a bad day for him. He's doing fine. Texas he's been successful, but Howard did have an episode after a game last year. Didn't he slap an opposing coach in the handshake line or something? Caused a ruckus. Yeah. Who? Jawan Howard. Oh uh, oh yeah he yeah. Got into it with the, the Maryland wasn't it? The Wisconsin game. That was Wisconsin. Yeah, right. Maryland was the year before. Okay, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. My my don't don't get me sorry to get them confused. Texas says no need to. Uh, Texas, That's right. I forgot about that, though. Texas, I've got to admit, I'm intrigued with the TK Boise State late night trash talking drama. No need to bait him with too many Idaho stereotypes, though. Service can't be that good on Ruby Ridge anyways. I mean, all I said to him was he keeps making these inbreed jokes. I'm like, okay, listen, I get it. That's stereoty- a national stereotype. Kentucky's known for inbreeding. I was like, you're known for you're, Idaho's national stereotype is, is sleeping with farm animals. At least we keep it in the human race. And he's, his, his contention is, is potatoes. That's what they're famous for. We're famous for bourbon, horse racing, and, and basketball. Yeah. It's harder for us to pick one because we're a better state. We have th- multiple things we're famous for. Way better. Opposed to just one potato. I did tell him to cup drinking the vodka, potato vodka, I think, at one point, too, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Texas says, what objects? Has, I don't know. I'm not reading that. I, have I used? No, I don't want to know what. You're <laughs> I'm not. Re- I'm reading the. I'm, I'm refusing to read the question, not because I think it's offensive and it's weird. I don't want you to answer it seriously. I don't. That's scary. I'm scared. I'm scared that you would get into like a serious answer and it would just derail the show. And I, I don't want that to happen. Now, now you've got me curious. What it says? I'm not. You've already built it up now too much. It wants to know objects that you've had sex with, and I don't want you. I, I'm asking you to not answer that. I don't know. I don't know. Thank no, you. no. I, I, I zero unless my hand counts. But I mean, we, oh, see, I don't. I don't need any details. No, not, none. I've never used a pie or a. Okay, <laughs> Texter says after the Boston College loss, I thought James Madison was going to beat the crap out of Scott's D. Now I think Scott's D has gotten so energized and pumped up that James Madison might need more than eleven on the field to beat Scott's D. Oh, this D's on on Viagra. It's juiced up. It's juiced up, baby. 
It's just <laughs> strong. Stand tall. We pulled out the, the pump and it's our bag, baby. <laughs> They've made the jump from six to midnight. <laughs> Texas uh, say U of L beats James Madison down like forty eight to seventeen. The defense gets several turnovers and looks dominant again. How do you feel about the Clemson game and the season going forward? I, I go in. I've been trying not to get there, but my God, if we win this game, even if it's not like kind of ugly, if we win this game, it will have been a long, long time since I've been as excited for a Louisville football game as I will be for next Saturday, three thirty, ESPN, the chance to ruin Clemson's national title hopes. We go in. We play the way that that texture described. You think you think Scott's D went from six to midnight? We'll all be mine. Will be veiny and rigid. You will have to. Call I'm sorry, me. I shouldn't have said that. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. What, what am I doing? Yeah, well, how am I the one? That was like, bad. You've got concerns for my way of things. It's to say. Friday. I'm trying to let you're over there making me look like Mother Teresa over here. I mean, all I did was admit to a hand in a cloth. Uh, no, I, we're, we're no. I'm I'm gonna be. Full blown, probably butt slapping yeah. Homer over the top. Now that can be flattened and deflated very quickly by by Clemson, but you should any little fan with a four game win streak and playing back to back games, James Madison or not against anyway against Wake Forest with impressive wins like that. Yes, you should be excited about. Hell yeah! Because Clemson has shown you nothing to think they aren't primed for an upset. No, and if you win that game, all of a sudden, hey, you want to dream big? You're talking like nine and three, winning out, potentially getting like a. Mid-tier New Year's Bowl game we'll or New Year's Eve game. We'll play it week by week. At that I'm just point. saying, like that becomes the thing that's in play. Oh man, to be able to snap their little home winning streak. Now Clemson does have a. They've got a test this weekend. They're on the road taking on Notre Dame, which is playing much much better. They beat Syracuse down pretty bad they last did. week. I was surprised at that too. Um, so they've got their hands full. But assuming they win that game, yeah, I, I want Clemson to win. Too. The only thing that would be better beating Clemson at home next week it would be they like trip and fall down the hill before the game. Well, no, beating them would be better than that. No, them avalanching down the hill. Yeah, that would be, be so You'd rather awesome. have them fall than actually win the game? Oh, no, they're both happening. If they fall, well, I want to no, win. I mean, that, that would be just... That would just but change. imagine, like, Dabo falls, then, like, then like everybody starts falling over. <laughs> rolling and then down. They just start rolling, rolling down, down, down the hill. There's no way they'd win the game after that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they wouldn't have their See, play. but Dabo won't let that happen because he runs out, like, 50 feet before everybody else. I mean, it just It's all about him. Can we just get one person to reach their leg out there? And like to see Dabo go flying through the air, chin first into the ground. It's amazing that it hasn't happened. It's a steep hill. It is. It, it is it, a steep. A, I wouldn't run it. No, it's terrifying. I mean, I, I <laughs> can imagine Trevor, Trevor running down the hill. No, I, I kind of am right now. No, I'm not. Do I we, would. There was no way I would make it down there. Today, I was scrolling through my camera roll and I stumbled upon the video of Trevor trying to kick a soccer ball and landing flat on his back. Oh, that's it's a great video. Too. It was. A, it's what hurt the most was I actually missed the goal. It's a tough look. Uh, that was it. wasn't It wasn't falling and probably getting serving a concussion. It was. It was just the missing the goal. But I did. I did score like three out of ten or something in that thing on an unguarded net. No, TJ was out there. Not for the more, one more respect that one. That's one the one I that, saw. That, that was the more respected the the goalies after that realizing how much space you got to cover is that quickly. That's that's. But goalies don't have it easy. Texas says Aaron Burr not only killed one of the greatest minds of early America, but then he tried to annex Spanish territory and name himself ruler of this new country because he was a I word I can't say. He was. I mean, I guess. I mean, I mean anybody even... if you were alive in the 1780s, would you not try to annex some land and declare yourself the ruler of it? No. I'd do, I wouldn't. It. I'd do it now. I wouldn't. He, is, he was 
I'll if I saw an opportunity to annex some random land and declare myself a ruler, I'm I'm like, he was, however, ahead of the game when it came to things like women's rights. Like he actively worked for women to get the vote before anybody else was. So he was a he was a mixed figure. Women's suffrage, as all of the roller coaster burr. founding fathers were. Roller roller coaster roller coaster Aaron. That's what we called him. Oh, I, I wish I could annex my house into its own. That's what they called him on all the radio shows back then. Like when Peter Griffin did it. He wanted to turn his house into Peterland, but the place by the airport already had it. My wife just texted me about the Vanny and Richard comment. <laughs> <laughs> she said that was bad. Thank you. But then she said, ha Vanny and Richard. <laughs> Giggity. Texas says, uh, says a tweet in, on Todd Centeno's availability, this is from one of the JMU riders, unless Billy Atkins was wearing number one in a closed-off practice, I saw Centeno running plays from the hill below D. Hall on Tuesday. I'm expecting Centeno to play. What was I, his injury, by the way? I don't remember. Uh, what was it? He... It wasn't bad enough that he tweaked something during the, the loss to Georgia Southern, and then it was okay enough that he warmed up before the Marshall game, but couldn't play. Mm-hmm. So, like that, when I heard that, that's what led me to believe that he was, you know, going to be good. Because I mean, that was two weeks ago. They had a bye week. I'm assuming he's going to be fine. I think they're just slow playing it. Um, knee injury. He, what I take about? He missed all of 2020 because of a knee injury. Oh, okay. Um, that between transferring. I guess well. Yeah, he transferred in from Colorado State. The injury this past week, I think, is a shoulder thing. Um, but now you're making me fun. This it. is the sixth season of college basketball. He's right there with Malik. Pulled, yeah. I take it back. Pulled oblique was his injury. And then Malik both started in college football at the same time. Trevor, where's your oblique? Um, I don't know. Okay. Just My oblique, it. isn't that like in the groin? No. <laughs> <laughs> Texture says, I think Seth said in his press conference that this game is our Super Bowl. I love that mindset. It reminds me of Rick. Did he really? I didn't I, catch that. I don't, I, I'm never a fan of anybody using the Super Bowl reference. Like it just makes me think of so, Calipari. It's so played out. I mean, it just, it's, yeah, it just makes me think of Calipari. Texture says, we win out. If we win out, will TK pull vault Scott's D? I don't even know if I can get that high. Now we're not even making references that make any sense. <laughs> By the way, I want somebody to come out and call this game their Grey Cup. Like, I want somebody to do that. That would impress me. If someone was to come out and be like... It's Breeders' Cup weekend. <laughs> this is our Phillies and Mares <laughs> turf sprint. <laughs> it's like the sixth biggest game of the season. This is our Stephen F. Foster Reagan claim race. This is our NCAA tournament round of 32 game. This is our <laughs> Michael Scott Stunder Mifflin uh, whatever. Fun, fun run. run. Yeah. Fun run, yeah. For the cause. For the I mean, can, tell, me you would, tell me you wouldn't like that. find that hilarious. Some coaches came out. And you see some random like other main event. I'd like it. This is our Epsom Derby. I mean, even even if you want to go World Series, do that. I mean, just Game Three. This is Game Four. Up and down this 3-0. is our World Cup. Cl- this is our World Cup preliminary. Yeah, right? pool play. <laughs> What's the Comca? It's our Comca, 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 Comca Cup final qualifier. <laughs> We're in the hex. I mean, it would be great. I know about World Cup qualifying. <laughs> Come on, I came out with Grey Cup already. <laughs> Texas, who has JMU played that should cause us to worry about those stats? Just feels like they got hyped up for beating App State. I I think that there's that is definitely something to yeah. that because App State fell off after those games as well. Like they were not, they had the big college game day in town. They had the big Hail Mary well, win. Yeah. Uh, they had the upset of they almost upset North Carolina. Then they did upset. Oh, well, the the Hail Mary was Troy. Right. Who did they upset in week two? Was it Texas or was no. it Virginia Tech? No, I don't think they beat anybody. I think the closest they, they no, got. they beat somebody in week two. They they because they they almost beat North Carolina. Then they beat somebody in week two that was of note. Uh, now you're gonna make me look it up. Why do I even have you around? Uh, you need help Texas me. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Thank you. Beat, oh yeah, I did forget. They about beat that. A&M in yeah. week two. Then Troy was the week after that, and okay, then they got yeah. so they got into the polls. They got all this hype, and then James Madison beat them, 
And the reality is App State since has lost to Texas State and Coastal Carolina. So a little bit of the shine is off them. They're two and three Coastal in the Carolina Sun Belt. Is good though. I mean, are supposed to be good. Yeah, they're, they're two and three in the Sun Belt. James Madison is three and two in the Sun Belt. So the, the stats definitely, I think, are inflated. Like, like I mentioned, they've played the 131st toughest schedule in America, um, and they're only 133. FBS I do teams. agree. You take them with a grain of salt, but you still have to take them because they are still beating up these teams that they're supposed to, and, and for the most part, except for last week, obviously. Well, two weeks. Well, they still they still they lost a shootout with Georgia Southern, but last week they looked like total crap. Well, they weren't didn't beat them up. No, they didn't. And App State was close too. They, they won because they were down big in that game, thirty two twenty eight or something. Yeah, correct. I think they oh. scored like twenty eight nothing in the fourth, in the second half or something. They were down big in that game. They came back to to barely win. Texas has brought into the Ville. Always gotta it's get that done. in. Love it. Get it done. Get it done. It's a done deal. Texas gotta love Scott's one hundred yard rock solid D. You do. Texas, I'm dying at the Vanian Rigid. Thank you. Texas says another stiff showing by Scott's D tomorrow, and it will certainly be turgid heading to Death Valley. Texas, Clemson has to win at home, uh, has to win at Notre Dame this weekend. If they lose that game, you'd have to think they will come next game ready to play more than ever. Maybe, but also, you know, if they lose, Clemson, because of the ACC being what it is now and because of the, the rest of the landscape of the sport, they know they've got to win out. Like, there's no scenario where Clemson can lose a game, even if they win the ACC championship game, and make the playoff. Like, they are in a— No, they're on the outside looking yeah. in as is. They, well, they're, they're, no, they're four. They're in the inside right now. The, oh, they, they, they did the rankings okay. this week for the first time. And people were upset about it. But it doesn't matter because Man. Michigan and Ohio State, they're playing. They're in the top five. Georgia and Tennessee are going to play this week. Which both of them will probably still get in anyway. They probably will. But if Clemson wins out, they're going to get in. But if they lose one, they've got no shot. Like, there's no margin for error. So if they lose that game to Notre Dame, yeah, they'll still be amped up to try to win the, the, the ACC and, and win the rest of their games. But they may have lost a little bit of luster. I think they're also hearing – there are a lot of people already chirping nationally about, like, this is the game that Clemson has to be wary of. Circle that Louisville game. Something crazy could happen. I, I, I don't like that. I wish people would stop talking about it. But I, I, don't, I don't see them overlooking us in, in any scenario, really. I'm just waiting to see TCU get in. You think? They go undefeated. They belong in, right? I guess. Thing is, like an undefeated Big Twelve champion named Oklahoma would definitely get in, but an undefeated Big Twelve champion named TCU might get left out. And that's why you can't take the BCS sometimes seriously. Not the BCS. It's not, it's not the BCS tournament. Whatever the hell they call themselves. If you don't let an undefeated team in, and there's less, there's there's less than four undefeated teams, then you're not doing your job right. Well, what about like team from the Sun Belt? I don't care. You're like undefeated. UCF. Mm, that's the year they claimed it. Yeah. That's why UCF won a, won a share of a national title, and I accept that. We haven't talked about the fact Kentucky's not ranked in the, the poll. They're mad about that. Well, they're not undefeated either. They're not in the rankings. <laughs> UCF is. <laughs> and Wake is. Tulane. Two teams we've beaten. Tulane is 19th in the rankings. Tulane's got a loss, though, don't they? Tulane is 7-1. and one, Correct. Yes, that's not, yeah. Yeah, there's, only, there's six undefeated teams left. There are. And, and two of them play each other in the next couple weeks. Yeah, two, two, one, two play this weekend, and then Michigan and Ohio State will obviously play. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, TCU, 8-0, behind Bama, but still right there, right there waiting. Texture says, Scott's D is harder than Howard's Rock. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. <laughs> Texture says, God forbid Hulu. I can't read that. Come on, guys. What Hulu do? I don't know. Texas says Scott's D versus Little like Patrick. Every time you won't read a tweet, Little Jimmy. Yeah, I moved on, Patrick. So quickly. Texas says this is our Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl. <laughs> Texas says the marathon goes across the Big Four Bridge, and they have electronic monitors periodically, so you can't just turn around. You have to cross them all. 
about half the races in Indiana. The course is a disaster. I'll never do it again as long as this is the route. I didn't. So people I, hate this this KDF marathon route. I didn't know it was this bad. I mean, I thought going across the, the bridge and back around would be a cool idea, but apparently it's not. Apparently not. Texas reminds me of one of the original Family Guy episodes where the trailer park family was having sex with a VCR and they called it the sex box. Yeah, was, I remember that one. That was a funny one. My yeah. term with the sex box. Yeah, Her was, name is Sony. <laughs> Texas fires that. Come on, guys. That was a good episode. Texas that. big veiny triumphant bastard. That's super bad. Yeah. Texas, with a win of any kind on Saturday, you got to think that Scott Steele will be full mass going to Death Valley. Oh, yeah. Look, we got we got all week for these jokes next week, guys. We'll oh, get there. Oh, they're gonna, you think they're really we're getting a lot of them now? I mean, they're they're really going to be coming in, in next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> KRC text. KRC text. Flummy bro one. Matt Jones talks about the NIL situation and how far <laughs> behind we are, and our football program is completely screwed if he remains the AD. He's not going to budge in his ways. It's so embarrassing and absolutely awful for UK athletics. President Capilouto has to come in and threaten him. And they're going to threaten him. But what Barnhart do this time? I missed what I missed. I, I have no idea, but I've seen UK people just ripping him for his NIL stance. I guess he made more comments about not liking NIL. And the court's ugly. And I guess and the courts are, and they don't sell beer. They up. hate the court. Which, by the way, I, I was kind of ripping on TJ, and then Patrick showed me a picture of the thing. I was Isn't like, okay, no. it, it looks terrible. No, it's awful. In the, uh, I thought it was just the blue box, which already looked dumb, but it's not symmetrical. Yeah, like, it looks horrible. One, one side, the blue blocks go down all the way to the free throw line. The other, they don't. One side, they come all the way to almost to half court, and the other side, they don't. I would be mad about it, honestly. I, I take it back. Because my whole stance at the time was like, I would kill to be mad about those types of things instead of the things that we have been mad about recently, which I still hold true. But I also would hate that. Like, if that were UofL's courts, I'd be like, that is a, a complete eyesore. It's For, disgusting. And it's they're going Stop. into their third year with it, too. It looks bad. That's, like, the worst part. Our court looks cool. But the I think also UK has been upset with the Tennessee AD came out and said publicly. They made, like, hype videos about this. We want to be the number one NIL school in the country. Like, he's openly saying, like, Open the bags up, kids. We want to fill them up with cash. Come here and play for the Vols. And UK is like, we need to be doing this. What are we doing? Because he's only been doing it for the last decade anyway. I mean, don't care, man. They are, I mean, obviously Tennessee's got a good thing going right now. They want to keep it rolling. And I think UK's a little bit worried that they're going to get left behind because they've been re- recruiting well in football. And suddenly it's kind of hit a little bit of a snag. I mean, and a lot of people think it's because the NIL stuff is, is really hurting them. Listen, Tennessee... <laughs> The, the sudden change in Neil didn't make Tennessee football good. It was Josh Heupel being a good coach there is what made. Well, I'm not saying They were was. bringing in talent. I'm just saying they're trying to keep the momentum going by, oh, yeah. by tearing it up with NIL. Like, they've got a good thing going right now. You have to capitalize when things are good, which is something that we did not do a, a good enough job of with Lamar Jackson in 2016. Like, you need to be all in on that stuff. you got to get recruits right at that time. We didn't. Bobby Petrino started you know, pissing off all of his assistants. Everybody started leaving. People stopped caring. And guess what? We got really bad at football really quickly. But he for do you think Tennessee continues to He's give changed. their do you think they continue to give their money to recruits in McDonald's bags? No, they, no. they moved to, they moved up to Chipotle. Bigger bags. Crypto. Big bigger bags, bigger cash wads. He had Chipotle bag. He had Chipotle bag. <laughs> One of those, you know, Jeff Ruby's where they give you your own bag when you get takeout. Like, they're giving you those. You get to keep the bag now. It's not just a throwaway. I went to a place one time that charged. They you actually had you got surcharged a dollar for the bag that you left with it in. It sounds like a place you should not go ever again. Well, I want to say that was the dispensary, but I mean it was. But it was like it was like this cool like kind of Ziploc money bag type thing. You, you but it was they charged a dollar to leave with it. 
and there was like no avoiding it. it was that's, like a, that's dumb. Can you bring it back next time? I, I never thought to ask. I haven't been in Vegas since. Texas says, please tell, <laughs> please tell T-Rev to stop saying Neil for NIL. Neil? Nil? You say nil. Do I say Neil? I, I've always heard you say nil. I, I, I thought I said nil. But if, I, if I said nil, I did not know I did it. You're fine. I'm the that, that's trust me. It, you're gonna have a lot more complaints than that of the way I mispronounce words. Just wait till the next episode. This you're gonna be to, very to, upset. The next ep- Hold up, hey. <laughs> Texas, how many beers should I crush during tailgate tomorrow? It should be a great tailgating day. The Five. weather, I know it's it's not gonna be like today where it's overly warm. I think it's gonna be like 55, 60 overcast. It still should be good enough, and you have a long enough time. Get out there early. 7.30 kickoff. Who would have thought that we, like, I'm excited for tomorrow's game. Who would have thought a month ago I'd be like, dude, you're going to be very pumped to count down the hours to watch Louisville play James Madison at 7.30 on a Saturday night. But I'm expecting. Three weeks ago, I thought you were crazy. Two weeks ago, I thought you were insane. (laughs) Now I'm right there with you. Hell yeah. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about this. I think the crowd tomorrow night will be better than the last two weeks, which is wild because James Madison, even though they've been good, is certainly a less attractive opponent than both Wake and Pitt. But I think that you've got a segment of the fan base that's been rejuvenated by the last two weeks. I think the 730 kickoff will help. I'm expecting it to be, I'm going to say somewhere around like 45K. No fighting with the weekend Thanksgiving, I mean, Halloween stuff that we had last week as no, well. No trunk or treats. Or no treater uh, trunks. No, what was the excuse last week? It was some, Tricks and picks. I don't no know. No John's birthday party. No, yeah, John, no, bir- <laughs> no first birthday parties to compete with anymore. Uh, no, you know, high Heard school that was playoffs. was striper. It was, a, it was a no stripe birthday party. The place was packed. Um, <laughs> nothing like that going on. I, I I would be willing to bet that it's a, a solid crowd tomorrow. That, that's mm-hmm. my guess. I'm, I'm hoping I'm right. But the answer to your question is, I said five. No, you, I mean you can get double digits if you want to. Go ten. Why not? If you're ten and you're so sloppy, but you're out by half. You time. can handle ten beers. You'd be good. I drink ten beers. I'm 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 walking in with a whopper in my pocket. And... Well, now because you don't drink. Yeah. Ten beers. That's your limit. We're talking what size beers? Regular cans. Ugh. Who measures like who would say like ten beers like sixteen ounce beers? Like, I, have ten, I put yeah. ten beers in me in my prom, and I'm still got a good little. I'm I've got a good little buzz going. Oh, there was a time in my life where I had like twelve. My buddy and I split a case watching a movie before we went out, and I was like, I like I feel it, but I'm not nearly as drunk as I should be for drinking twelve. Like, no, I drink. That's ten, when I was like, you have a problem. That was college. That was the height of college. I mean, ten beers. I'm not not hammered, but. I'm probably starting to flirt a little bit too much with some ladies. Oh, 10 I'm, beers now, I'm, I'm, I'm on my ass. And I'm starting to move Five beers hard now, liquor. I'm on my ass. Yeah. Then I know two hours later, I'm drinking Jaeger, I'm peeing on an ATM, and I'm probably soliciting a woman. But if you get all day, I mean, you can go... The typical Thursday night at Maine. Beer half an hour. Place. Beer in half an hour, you're good. You can get to 10 by, by kickoff. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to count the actual time of the game, yeah, you can get to 10. That's my answer, sir. Live it up. Go cards. I, I Beat the five, Dukes. but I love your liver more than apparently some people do. I love him having fun more than apparently you do. You're sacrificing. Live it up. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, it's picks time. We'll get to our pick segment of the week. Uh, we'll update you on the overall standings. Uh, we'll end it, of course, with the big game, the Louisville James Madison prediction. If you want to uh, to weigh in, you still have some time on the text line at 502-414-1450. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Wrap the show. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X.
Trying to keep it rolling tomorrow. Car sticking on James Madison. The first four-game winning streak would be the first four-game winning streak, not just under Scott Satterfield, but for Louisville football since all the way back in 2016. Oh, well, you picked up a theme, right? I don't remember the other song. Every song has the word roll in it. Oh. Because we're on a roll. That's what we're, we're doing. We're on a roll now. We're going in the weekend on a roll. We're not basketball losing. Basketball victory. We're not losing exhibition victory. games in basketball anymore. Eagles victory. IERP. Nobody cares about the Eagles. La- Lamar Jackson's all elite. Lamar Jackson's. I like this press conference when he got asked about it yesterday. <laughs> a, I don't think he really watched that much wrestling. He's like, uh, yeah, I watched it all the time. Who's your favorite? Uh... Well, he, he, then he reeled <laughs> off. He said, like, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Guerrero. Eddie yeah. Guerrero. He's like, he's like, he makes was, me feel old when he was probably Jeff a kid Hardy. watching that. He's yeah. like the guy, basically the high flyers. Jeff Hardy, who would still be in AEW if he could get off the bottle. But yeah, he's like, you know, he's like, Chris Jericho called me out. He's like, I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. He's like, I, he's like, I had no idea what was going on. Um, but that was that was funny. It was a, a cool moment. And then he got to pose with Jeff Jarrett and some other people after the event. That's what he told me. I hadn't seen that. You brought that up. I, he put it on his Instagram, I think, last night, too. Okay. It was cool. And some other people who I didn't know. But it was it was cool. I enjoyed it. Jeff Jarrett? Yeah. Double, no, no, no. double J. Double J. I was never, I've been, never a huge Jeff Jarrett fan. Now, now he's not, not coming to the show. Thanks. That's, it's okay. Appreciate it. Great. I'd love to talk to his dad anyway if he was still here. Who's his dad? Jerry Jarrett. He's the one who ran uh, Memphis. Oh, okay. The, the, you would see, they're the ones that would come into Louisville Gardens every Tuesday back okay. in the day. Gotcha. Uh, text real quick says, I just want you all to know that my wife loves the Phil Rich song. We he live right by his office, actually. and we think about it every time. Everybody loves the Phil Rich song. It makes it rain. I got, we need some more swag from Phil Rich. I say we. we. I say me. I need some more swag from Phil Rich. Yeah, what's this? What's this we thing? I mean, do you have my umbrella? You got a mouse in your pocket there? I can give you the make it rain umbrella, but I'm not giving you the shirt. <laughs> I've never owned an. <laughs> There's the make it rain umbrella. I don't, yeah, I don't think I've I ever actually owned an umbrella. It makes it rain. That's not. It's boiling. It's raining. It's not. I'm not the shocked that you haven't owned an umbrella. I mean, I just. I don't know. I just don't. I've never been. Like I, don't, I guess if it's raining, I'm just gonna run to the car or something. You know, I'm run. Not... <laughs> Fast pace walk, bastard. Speed walk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our pick segment. Uh, just never really, I guess I don't know. I just never really had a reason to. I mentioned this at the beginning of the show uh, two weeks ago. Heroically, after being down this entire pick season, I came back. I was down two. We had three differing opinions that week. I won all three, took a one-game lead into last week. Last week, only two differing opinions. And fortunately, Trevor won both of them. Because that's how I roll. The lead is swung back in his favor by a single game. You ended up going 7-3. 7-3 and last week. I went 5-5. Five and five. That brings our season you total. suck. He's from Wagner. He's from Wagner. He didn't graduate. He uh, <laughs> he got GED. <laughs> Trevor's record now, as we head into the uh, the first weekend of November, fifty eight and thirty two overall. I am fifty seven and thirty three. This is my first pick segment. Are you are you you're participating now? I no. mean, it's the first time I've been here for a pick segment. Oh, first time I was, <laughs> I was, okay, I got you. We'll see how that works. You haven't earned picking rights yet. It's kind of an interesting week. You made because that rain run joke. We've got a, there are a lot of kind of no, the slate early on Saturday is not great. But as the day goes on, it gets a little bit better. There are more games that I think are going to be kind of toss-up games, small spreads. Nothing to really make us get wake up and be nude on, on new, at noon? Big nude Saturday is kind of like, it's kind of a lame big nude Saturday. It's Texas Tech at TCU, which we're not even going to pick. It's like me nude on Saturday. Yeah, it's kind of like. Jeff Brown plays at noon on Saturday. Who do they play? Iowa. Oof, a lot of a lot of rain. Rain's in the forecast. A lot of wind. There's a strong wind advisory. They ban tents for the tailgating. Of all the teams that you don't want to play in the rain and wind, 
I think Iowa's probably the top of that list. I think, and I think the Maccabee kids out as well. Not great, not great. Over unders forty. I'd I'd hammer the under. I'd hammer I'd the under. Are you kidding me? All right, we'll start with our uh, high school game of the week. Speaking of bad weeks for spreads and stuff like that, Wagner. The, the first week Wagner season has, <laughs> has come to a close. Uh, they did not make the four A state playoffs. Am I still getting the fifty? Well, you <laughs> lost. You do owe me forty bucks at this you point. You think they'll cover the fifty tonight? Yes. I don't even. I'm not still confident. <laughs> Some, somehow, I feel like you're going to get a score. Team with no name, sixty-eight. Wagner three. <laughs> this is the worst weekend. It's the worst Friday of the year for guys like our boy uh, Kent Spencer, Kent Taylor, all the Kents, everybody who works in covering high school football because this is running clock Friday. The first week of the KY State high school football playoffs, we have six classes. There's no reason for us to have six classes. We don't need this many, and it leads to matches between teams that are like nine and zero and teams that are zero and nine. It's atrocious. Can that be an official name, by the way, for the weekend? What? Running, Running clock, clock Friday. That's what they all call it. <laughs> Not to mention, literally every team in 6A makes the playoffs. Every team, yeah. In a lot of the classes they do, they don't in 4A, unfortunately, for Wagner. Yeah, I can confirm, not literally every team there, buddy. Well, it's better, well, than, it's it's better, it's better yeah. than last year when they were in 3A and they were the only team in 3A to not make the playoffs, which was, that was a gut punch. But, but Figuratively. But... <laughs> It's okay, but it's not going to be an exciting weekend of high school football. But there is a game of interest tonight locally. PRP, which has been a little bit up and down, but but pretty solid. They played manual close a few weeks ago. Explosive offense. Explosive offense. They've got the, 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 the wide receiver commit for UK. They're taking on Mail, which I know they beat Manuel last week, but Mail has not been its usual self. They, they have four losses coming into the postseason, which is not Mail-like. TK. Any chance of a big first-round upset here? Does PRP, do the Panthers have a shot tonight against the fighting Bulldogs of, of Mayo and your uncle? Sorry, PRP. Let's do this for the for the kids walking around out there. Woof, 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 woof. It's dog time, baby. Dog pound? Come into the dog pound. Did they say that? We're going to lift the leg and take a whiz on PRP. Okay. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, so we're both on the same page. By the way, Stanex last night did take care of Southern very heavy. And whose manual plays Fern Creek tonight? Is that right? Fern Creek. And you'll be able to hear uh, Trinity taking on Campbell County in their first round game. Again, it will start on 94.7 at 7 o'clock because we'll have the Kenny Payne first radio show on 970 starting at 7. At 8 o'clock, the Trinity game will shift back to its usual home on 970. You'll be able to hear Wayne Krause and company calling the Shamrocks. On our sister station. Patrick, you upset that he didn't give Manuel from Fern Creek the game of the week? Uh, uh, no. That's a, that's a testament to Manuel. They should take care of business. PRP mail should be a better game. Yeah, if you had one last week, maybe you'd, be, you'd been there. Uh, photo finish on race 10 at Keeneland, by the way. Oh, God. No, we only got 15 minutes. No one, if you do this, I'm going to talk about rep. Who, who's it? So, AEW. One in the four. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that could be good for me up at the tribe. Uh, if it's one, if it's two or six, finishing third, then I'm I'm in good shape there. Smoking, it was nine. Oh, loud. oh, that would have been a nice hit. Do That's a okay. Nice All right, uh, moving on to the college game. We've got. You realize horse <laughs> racing is very popular here, luckily, Trev. <laughs> I just wonder if you're listening to what I'm saying over there. <laughs> Locally, I assume you'll be able to hear this game on 1450 The Big X tomorrow. Uh, depends who the game is. Are you? Oh, yeah, then yes, you okay. <laughs> Right here on 1450 The Big X. At 3.30, you can also watch it on TV on ABC, but why would you want to do that? Because Western's got basketball and football tomorrow, and those will both be on 900 tomorrow. Okay. We're going to get there in just a second. But yeah. at 3.30 on 1450 The Big X or ABC, number 15 Penn State on the road taking on IU. 
Hoosiers in Bloomington are a almost two touchdown underdog. Is there magic at Memorial Stadium tomorrow afternoon, TK? Who you got? <laughs> it's black magic because Penn State's going to dominate this game. Penn State by 21 or more. I think this is close. I think Indiana is right there at the end. I almost want to pick Indiana to win this game. You should. I'm going to say <laughs> – thank you. <laughs> I'm going to say Penn State wins, but Indiana you. covers. I'm going to say Penn State wins by like six. I think it's close. You get you just chicken it out the last minute. It's close. Indiana wins. I mean, this, this, it's that type of attitude that will keep you from keep you trailing me in the picks. Just wait. Just wait. All right. Noon, horses noon on CBS Sports Network and also, as Trevor just mentioned, on 900, our sister station. Yeah, Western Kentucky right. on the road taking on Charlotte. The Hilltoppers looking to bounce back from a rough weekend last week against North Texas. They are 3-2 and two in Conference USA. Still one win away from bowl eligibility. They'll try to get it against a 49ers team that is 2-7 overall and 1-4 and in CUSA. Hilltoppers are a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. TK, do the tops take care of business? We both whipped on Western last week. We did. We? That was that was our yeah. Yeah, big miss. Uh, Western does get this win this week, but does not cover. Uh, I'm taking tops to win and cover, but okay. more Covering doesn't matter, but yeah. See, I, now I've got to, I, I can't go to top 25 and see this game. I've got to click on SEC to, to pull up the game because oh, Kentucky hate that. has yeah. fallen out of the rankings. We now use the CFP rankings, and guess what? You can't in them. Oh, no. The unranked 5-3 and three Wildcats of Kentucky under 500 in conference play. That's got to be embarrassing. Imagine being under 500 in, in league play. Yeah, they're used to it. Wouldn't now, know right? that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know that feeling. My team's 3-3. Three and three. That's all I know. They're on the road taking on Missouri. Who's four and four and two and three overall? The Mighty Cats, best team in, in SEC history. You'd think, well, Missouri four and four, two and three. They got to be huge favorites. Oh no, it is an even spread in Columbia, Missouri. Trevor, who are you going with here? This is a tough game to pick. This I feel so bad for Roush because this is back to back week since the team he teams he like he hates more than anything in life is Tennessee and Missouri for sure. He hates he, Missouri. He just doesn't like Drinkwitz. Well, I think a lot of SEC people don't like drink. Yeah, he just despises drink with so just, you know, by connection that, that leads to Missouri as well. Uh, and I'm sure he might be on this trip. I wouldn't be surprised, even though with the Breeders' Cup, I'm sure that he's got to be torn on that. And then somewhere and thrown in there is that newborn kid of his. But nonetheless, you know, priorities. I'm going to say Kentucky does get this win, though. What was the spread? You said even? Even. Well, then, then obviously, yeah, I'm picking that. I want to pick Missouri. I think UK is better. I, I, I think last week. I, I don't think they're as. I wish that they were as bad as they were last week against Tennessee. I don't think they're that bad. No, Tennessee just Tennessee is good. And I think it also snowballed. Like they were, they were kind of in the game in the first half. Then a couple of things went wrong. They tried to get away from their offense, no, tried only, to play catch up, and it just didn't work. I know you. I know you didn't get a chance to watch a lot of it because you were doing John's birthday probably. But I mean, yeah, they had the opening drive where they controlled the clock, ran uh-huh. the ball, got that six point, and then from that point on, their offense was. Well, they fell behind 14-6, and they just they, they panicked. Yeah. And that's some, and a lot of bad play calling as well. They shouldn't have to have, be in that same position against Missouri. I'll take the Cats as well. I can't wait to see the team that takes Levis in, in the first round and just falls flat in their face. You know who it's going to be. Guy's career backup. You know who it's going to be. He is a career It's going to be the Lions. The Lions are going to take him. At best, he's a career Big backup. brain Lions going to try to be like, well, we'd like the Bills. We can get Josh Allen. He's, he's the new Josh. And then he's going to suck. That's what we're going to do. Um 3.30, FS1, We always they always end up on – they're playing competitive games. They always end up on our picks. Oklahoma State, they burned me last week. They did. They're still number 18 in the country. They're on the road taking on a Kansas team that has fallen off a little bit after their hot start. <laughs> to say the least. Jayhawks are 5-3 and three overall, 2-3 and three in the Big 12. 
Uh, they've been competitive in, in pretty much all their losses, but they have lost three in a row. They're still, despite that, they're a one-point home favorite over number 18, Okie State. Trevor, who you got? Take Okie State in the points in this one. Oklahoma State goes on the road and wins. Hawk Chalk, goodbye, Jayhawk. I did last week. I had the same thing, and they lost 48 to nothing. Yeah, but here's the thing. Kansas State's good. Kansas is average at best. I want to pick Kansas because I like them more. You know what? I'm doing it. Give me Kansas. Give me the Jayhawks. So you'll take Kansas, but you won't take IU. That's Rock chalk. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm, take, I'm, I'm going with the Jayhawks. Rock chalk it. No, now we get into kind of bands for me, baby. Yes. Now we get into the sexier games of, of the evening. Seven o'clock, ESPN. Number six, Alabama, on the road, taking on number ten, LSU, who has bounced back dramatically from that slow start. Now back in the top ten of the CFP rankings. Bama is a 13.5-point road favorite despite all that. Tiger Stadium will be rocking. Do the Tigers pull off an upset and knock Alabama out of playoff contention? TK. I think it'll be a fun and a very good game, and I don't think Alabama covers, but I think Alabama wins. I think they do too. I'm, I'm with you in thinking I'm going to say LSU covers. Bama wins by 10, I'm but it's close until 9-10 sounds about right. Yep. Uh, also 7 o'clock, FS1, number 24, Texas on the road, taking on the previously mentioned Kansas State Jayhawks, or Wildcats, loose. I mean. Riding high after their beatdown of, of Okie State last week. Texas 5-3, and three, Kansas State 6-2. and two. Texas, though, slight road favorite, point and a half. Who you got? Uh, take that easy underdog point in Manhattan. Kansas State wins this game again. I'm going Texas. Keep going Texas. Keep the Longhorns. Uh, Clemson, 7-30. <laughs> NBC, Peacock. Tigers 8-0 on the road playing a Notre Dame team that has been since their very shaky start. Kind of under the radar good. They've won f- uh, five of their last six. Only loss was a kind of embarrassing loss to Stanford. They're coming off of a big-time road victory over then-nationally-ranked Syracuse. They beat them 41-24 to last week. Clemson just a three-point road favorite in this game. These two have played some pretty classics over the years since this ACC-Notre Dame deal has been put into play. Is another classic at hand. Does Notre Dame ruin the dream season of the Tigers and have them limping into next week's game against Louisville? Who are you going with? Half right limping in next week's game at Louisville, but they come up short. And I think they – I'm taking Notre Dame getting the three and a half. That's how close I think this game Ooh. is. I think Notre Dame – that place is rocking. I think Notre Dame kind of gets on them early, i.e. like Syracuse somewhat did, maybe not to that degree, but they, they jump on them. Clemson, whether they make the change or not at quarterback, I don't know, but I think Clemson does come back because they just have more talent than Notre Dame does. I think I'll take Clemson winning this game. I mean, like field goal near the last drive type one or two point win. I see that. I mean, I, I think Clemson has fifty five lives every season. I don't know if it's because Dabo, you know, Jesus just loves him more than everybody else. That's what he thinks. But they find it hard to believe. Though. They find ways to win weird games like this. And I think this is going to be another weird game where it feels like Notre Dame is better for three quarters, and then Clemson just finds a way and they win. I'm going to say they win by a touchdown. I say they they cover the spread, but the the, the final score is not at all indicative of the actual game. Clemson wins. They're 9-0 coming into next week's game against Louisville, and we have a bonerific matchup in Death Valley. I'm excited about it. Uh, game of the week is going down to 3.30. You already know what it is. The the, the get-in price. I thought the Wake Forest and State game was a night game. It's not. It is. Not the game of the week. <laughs> no, it's not. The get-in price at Athens is like 700 bucks right now. It's ridiculous to get into this game. Number one, Tennessee. Number three, and reigning national champion, Georgia. Not much respect for the Vols. The Dogs are an eight-and-a-half-point home favorite in this game. Can Tennessee's dream season continue with a huge victory? Will be the biggest victory of the season over Georgia. One versus three. Who you got? 
everything in my power and like common sense wants to be Georgia. But when have I ever got my common sense in my life? I'm taking the balls in this one. I think Tennessee goes into Athens. It's that type of season. I think they pull off the upset. Uh, somehow it allows Georgia to miss the AC, uh, big, the SEC title game and still probably get into the Big Four because probably. they have one loss. And they'll end up making the Big Four the four, like three ACC, three SEC teams and like uh, let's make it all four SEC teams. Why not? Um, I'm going Tennessee. I think Tennessee wins this game, close game. I'm say kind of a shootout, but I'll go Tennessee. I'll pick a score on this one. I'll say forty. Uh, no. 38 to 35. Ooh, I like that. I hope it's a great game. Uh, That's been intercepted on, on a game, attempt to game-winning drive. I'm excited to watch this while I'm getting ready for the big show, uh, Louisville James Madison. I'm hoping it's competitive. I don't I, mean, I don't like either program, so I don't have a rooting interest. But yeah. I'm going to say Georgia wins just because it seems like they're they're yeah. still the better team. I'm, I'm going to go with the odds here and take UGA to win. I, I'm, I'm going to say they win by like 10. I'm going to say they win and cover. You're trying to gain ground on me by going opposite of my big upset, or you just don't believe in my upset? No, I think I, I believe in Georgia in this game. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to say they get the job done. I think Tennessee's still for real. I just think Georgia's the best team in the country. If Georgia wins, I could see that the score I predicted or Georgia winning this game like 27 to 14. I can see that. Or 30 to 14, like slowing the not – just getting in Hooker's mind and, and just destroying him. I wonder and, and, where you're going there. I mean, <laughs> all right, it's time. That's since Jack the Ripper's a hooker had such a horrible timeout. <laughs> the Big Show. Where? 7.30. It's The Big Show. ESPNU. Cards. Dukes. And they don't just put anybody on ESPNU. They don't. Not at 7.30. Not prime time. <laughs> not prime Louisville time. is a seven-point favorite over visiting James Madison. The Cards riding a three-game winning streak. Five and three overall. Three and three in the ACC. James Madison five and two overall, three and two in the Sun Belt. Dangerous game. A lot of people are going to have this on upset alert. They're probably, I mean, I can see people picking against us on game day again. They won't laugh this week like they did last week. Does Louisville take care of business? Can we avoid the roller coaster Scott experience, the up and downs, the the highs, and then immediately followed by the lows? Can we keep this high going for at least another week? Do the cards get the job done, Trevor? question do i go with truth or keeping the streak alive you can do whatever you can do what the hell does that mean whatever you want to do <laughs> i can't tell you what to do here that's, do what you want do what you have to do i mean what's uh all right i, I apologize if it, if it backfires but i am going to say we do pull this out but don't cover i'm gonna go louisville 24 20 yeah i i I'm not going to pick against this because I, I genuinely think we're, we're going to win this game. I, mean, I think they keep. I think it stays close, though. I, really I do, do too. I think it's one of those games where we're in front by a small margin for most of the afternoon. It's still a single-digit game going into the fourth quarter. It's kind of clunky. Our offense does not look great again, but we wind up doing what we have to do to win the game. I'm going to say Louisville 30, James Madison 20. I think our defense steps up again. It's another game where we ride our defense to victory, and we're hopefully – Riding high next week, going to the Clemson game. I think the hammering of James Madison on that line is not as much James, people thinking James Madison is going to win. It's that they're seeing a game that could should be and probably could be close, and nine points is way too much. And also, I think people see it as a, as a sexy upset pick because James Madison, yeah, two game losing streak, but they were good before they got banged up. The quarterback's coming back. And I think everybody just looks at that Wake Forest game and says, "Well, clearly Louisville's going to have a big head after that." 
and they're going to be riding high. They're not 27 points better than Wake Forest. Now they think they are. This is a perfect letdown spot. I understand why it's going that way. I understand why people are saying, I just think that Louisville, I'm trusting our staff and these players to be more mentally tough than that, which maybe is going to be a fool's decision, but that's where I am. Wouldn't be surprised if, despite being getting seven or eight points, his mass is still somewhat low on the money line. We'll see. We'll find out. Uh, regardless, go Cards. Let's get this done. Beat James Madison. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you guys Monday at 3 o'clock. Go Cards. Beat the Dukes.